Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. This is episode number 60. My name's Lee Maxwell and as usual I'm joined by... Nigel Lamont and Connor McCann. We also have another special guest on the podcast. We will introduce you to him in a moment. So our previous episode was episode 59 because as we know that's how numbers work. Uh, where Connor had returned triumphant from a trip to Ultimate Dubs and told us all about it. If triumphant means hungover, yes. Yes, something like that. We're... The pink room will stay with me forever. I sent a few people the pictures <laughs> of the pink palace and because they didn't believe me. I was like, yeah, this is real. I wonder if there's a few disappearances in that area. Uh, yeah. I was probably too big to get rid of the body. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> they hope for somebody slimmer and put them under the floorboards. There's nothing written in the mirror whenever you Thankfully not. the bathroom. Yeah. I wouldn't have known. I was very drunk in that house. I don't know what was happening like. It was weird though. It was. It wasn't until someone said to me, "So they were in the next room sleeping." I was like, "That's right, actually." Yeah, I never really thought about that. Well, what the things you, you think do was for happening? Cautious, I, it never really came into my head. When you stay somewhere in a hotel and it's like you're in we locked, locked sanctuary, but this was not. You were well, in there. When you're in a hotel, sanctuary. there's plenty of other people sleeping in the next room as well. Oh, like true, it's yeah. not. I know. It just seems weird in somebody's house. Um. So we talked on previous episodes um about something called a show over. Do you remember that from Eurotreffin? We all right. we all decided we had a show over. <clears throat> yes. Uh, obviously, Dubshed was last weekend. I'm surprisingly fresh. I was until midweek. What about you guys? Monday was weird because we had site clear up uh, on Monday and it was surprisingly short. Yeah. And then Tuesday, I think it hit me then, the tiredness. So I suppose we should introduce the other member of the party today, um, which is Gethin Evans from GTI and I. Hello. Hi. <laughs> So, as you may be able to guess from that, we're probably going to talk a bit about Dubshed. What do you reckon? I think we'll cover a bit here and there now. Yeah. So we'll start off with our traditional uh, what's new with us, and then we'll move on to Dubshed. Uh, basically, the Mark 1 Golf is up at Maxwell Motors here, getting Very nice. prepped for the summer. So Andy's been going through the car to see what's what's needed, what's required, uh, a few list of jobs. There was an issue with the carb hunting all the time, do you remember? That's right, yeah. Might it turns been. out it's the... The wee mount, the wee rubber mount that goes between the carburetor and the Split. inlet manifold. Apparently, it's very common for them to, because they're spurious parts, it's common for them to, the rubber to doze mm-hmm. and it's completely split. So, quick on to Amazon and ordered, Andy told me to order two. So, because you're, go you're lucky if you get two or, two years out of them. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Ordered two of them. So, no, a few lists of jobs, needs service, uh, needs a carb set. Andy rebuilt the carb. So, hopefully, we'll. Have it back and ready for MOT in the next few weeks. I love that week hard. It's a bit like a time warp of the interior, the way it is. Yeah. Best thing I done, I put it in coilovers, but the best thing I done was the the raised top stru- mounts. Top top mount. I'm the same. That's the best thing I've done to that car. Yeah. Uh before the it was very crashy on the coilovers. Yeah. But then with the raised top mounts, it's made it very drivable. Yeah. Everyone with a Mark One, I have said the same thing too. I was like, they're like two hundred odd quid or something to do them, but yeah. it's a investment in it. Yeah. So it's a snowbrainer if you've got a Mark 1. So is the Mark 1 coming back? Hopefully. If, if MOTs sort themselves out. But ah. should, be, should be all right. I have contact now. So oh, I like contact. Have you ready? Ish. Ish. <laughs> it's getting there. Don't let the, don't let the MOT deals put you off. It freak, no, no. It freaked me out a bit, actually, because I had a couple of cars to MOT there. The cancellation system now is actually quite good. Yeah. Once you know how it works. Ah, uh, you found that out, Well, Lee? speaking of, so last night I went on and I was like, bollocks, both my cars are up. Well, they're not up till June, but I was like, I'm not going to get an MOT date till like fucking September or something. So I went on last night and uh, was sitting in the house and I was like, right, I'll go on. And then I was like, 
all they know less they know give you the dates it's, yeah. the whole system is really good now because it, it, it used to be is, yeah. crap yeah um and now it's actually really good but it, when you do the wee drop down to see which test center it tells you that the first available date at that test center on the drop down uh, before it's, pre- you it's even, preloaded with it's really clever yeah and they were all like august 25th of august blah 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 then i spotted one for the 10th of april which is tomorrow <laughs> and i was like fuck it i'm going for it yeah so i've booked the superb in for mot tomorrow to be fair even though it's not due till june yeah. but hey i was like do you done. know what let's just get it in yeah, it's well looked after, that thing, so it doesn't really need very much, like, ever. So I'll keep. And then I went back on again later on. I didn't have the chassis number of the jet on. That was a whole thing. And it was literally sitting up the yard. I could see it from the window. And I was like, I've got my slippers on. I'm not walking outside. I'm going to find a picture of my engine bay on somebody's Facebook and, and get the chassis number off it, which I duly did. <laughs> it works well, this well this. And then... Um, there was one, and then I had one for the 25th of June, and it was there, and I was like, uh, and then I was thinking, I was like, that's just before Eurotreff and blah, 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 and I was like, no, that's perfect, I'll go for that, and when I clicked onto it, it was gone, and I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> but it's I'll mad. keep trying. It's mad. That, that, they're changing all the time. That, that system, though, like, it used to be, if you went on, like, at half eight in the morning, or at half twelve in the middle of the day, all the cancellations yeah. would have been released, but it doesn't seem to happen like that. No, it's, it's random. It's completely random. Yeah, because I, I used to go on at like half eight, nine o'clock in the mornings trying to get a cancellation, like you say. Yeah. I used to go on that time or just after lunch or just at the end of the day was usually when you went hunting. It's mental though that we're the only part of the UK that uses that system yeah. where you think like Scotland, Wales, England, roll up the garage. I th- I think if you really want to pay them over the odds, it'll always pass kind of thing. I think we've talked about this last year when there was the issue with the waiting times or the year before. The... Uh, the revenue that the MOT centers oh, make yeah. here is man- I think we talk forty million or something they the, make out of it. They'll never let that go. No, no. It's too much revenue just to go. Yeah, no. Typical governments, but we'll keep Nigel off that topic. <laughs> <laughs> anything just, else, Nigel? Just to finish, um, we read edition thirty. Um, the itch is back, so uh, I think I'm going to refurb the wheels and possibly look for suspension for it. Uh, You're not going to ruin this one, then, are you? No. Um, so not yet. The, prob- the problem is trying to get. <laughs> Good second-hand suspension is near impossible. Joe, what's wrong? There's plenty of uh, TA Technics and Pro Sport wrecked ones on Gumtree, and that's about it. Mark 5s, are, as much as it pains me to say, are getting long in the tooth. You know, they're getting to that point now where it's Mark 6s, which I think are well, the your, same. Your youngest Mark 5 is going to be 15 years old now. Yeah, yeah. so you're kind of getting it's out crazy, of the era of those been common, even though I think they're a modern car. Like, yeah. I drive the Bora and think to myself... Well, my modern whip here, yeah. 20 years old. <laughs> no, I'm just just thinking, if I'm going to sit this edition 30 out for another year, suspension, spacers, wheel f- refurb, and maybe a map, and that'll be Do you remember nice. Nigel saying, Don't touch I'm it. not going to modify this Don't one, and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go back and find the episode. <laughs> I'm going to let Laura drive this one. Uh, uh, last two that, months. That, that went well. Yeah, uh, that's like Paul Glennon was building that black Mark III for the wife, and I was like, but are you though? Now you're really here. That Mark III turned out really nice. I know. I've been driving it all week. <laughs> Have you? Yep. So it's, once, in, it's in storage. Well, <laughs> it was in storage in my work for a long time. I wonder what that black flash was coming off the wire around about the other day. Yeah, it probably was a black flash. So Paul brought it in the van up. And I think he trailered one of them up or whatever way it worked. It was he couldn't get it back down. So he rang me and says, could I leave this at your house? And I was like, yeah, no problem. We've ample enough room, like there's no problem. So that was fine. And then when I brought it back from Dubshed, he said to me, drive away at it. There's half a tank. I was like, I'll take it to work. 
my thinking was because I'm putting a 24 valve into the Mark III, I was like, well, I'll actually get to see what it drives like. Yeah. So nice. Like a nice amount of power where it's not going to kill you, but it just has a wee bit of get up and go and it'll move out of its own way. So I drove it all week. Still needs a turbo. <coughs> oh, well, you're Mr. Turbo. <laughs> so <laughs> I drove it all week. Was really nice, but I kept thinking to myself, this thing needs a TDI fifth gear. You know, it was kind of revy, and I was like, well, I suppose it's a swap. You don't really know what way it works. They're four cylinder rev counter in it, so it doesn't really, uh, you know, you don't see what the revs are actually doing anyway. Took it out last night for dinner, and Stefan was with me, and I took this notion. I kept looking at the five speed gear knob, and I was like, hang on a minute. Put the foot in the clutch, dropped it into sixth gear. I've been driving that thing for a week and fifth with a six-speed gearbox in it. Oh, there's no TM in it, is there? Yes. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But a class. in my defense, there's a five-speed gear knob on it. So right. it was like the anniversary style. And I was like, I texted him. I was like, you fucker. <laughs> he just rang me laughing. He was like, that's brilliant. So de- when you, when you say you took it out for dinner, did you take it for a full full tank of super? or No, I, I was no. filling myself up. It'll get right, filled. So. It has to get, it's going back this weekend, so I'll have to fill it back up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun driving it. It's like, but it's been nice when back in a Mark Three, which is yeah. which is good. It's uh, must be four or five years from I've had a Mark Three on the road. So do you know what? There, there. As you well know, there's there's loads of debates of you know twelve valve versus twenty four yeah. valve. Somebody said to me, or oh, I can't remember who it was. Do you prefer the sound of the twelve valve or the twenty four valve? I the, that twenty four valve note is hard to beat. It is, and they're two very different sounds. They're very distinct. Yeah. They still have that same warble, but yeah. the 24-valve to me is slightly more raspy. And I, I think, see, within that 24-valve engine too, between your early um, coil pack engine, your AUE, yes. and your later BDE uh, within individual coil packs, there's a difference again. Yes, because they've got so variable cam There's a difference in the variable valve, valve timing on, on both, both cams. my Bora is the early one, yeah. but the engine I have to go into the Mark III is the later one. Yeah. But no, they, sound, they do sound good. It's uh, and then you think they were always swapped into VRs because they were fresher. But yeah. even those are ancient now. Like it's yeah, just... that's right. What's the time in the recorder there? Ten minutes. Ten minutes, and we're talking about six cylinders already. Sorry. What else? No bad to? thing. <laughs> We've uh, the other thing was our slab for oh, the yeah. guards is finally poured. Excellent. So it was. I think we're talking. We've only been talking about it for the last two years. Yeah. So. Note, so the, the, note guy, the date, listeners. The guy that's <laughs> laying the concrete, he'll be the guy that's doing the shed. No, separate, separate. guy. Yeah, so he's just waiting. Once that's laid, then he'll give you a timeline. Yeah, so I start torturing him now. Ah, very that's, good. That's when I kick in. So did you power float it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love a power floated finish. Yeah. So did look at even epoxy resin on it as mm-hmm. well, and I've heard mixed reports. Unless you go for really good stuff, and even pricing good stuff to do it myself, it was like two and a half three and a half grand or something because like, it's a big enough area but i was like nah, i think a power floated finish will do me uh, for now what, yeah. what size is it 15 meters by eight meters what's that in old school uh 50 foot by 26 foot oh that's a decent size yeah, yeah. so we've got three roller doors along the longer yeah. side and they're dropping into recesses stop water coming in under and things like that so so then ramps Great. will be ramp pricing will be done then yeah we'll have a ramp at one end and in front of one of the shutter doors a lift uh two posts are you going to put scissor lift in as well, no? I didn't really think of it. Why do you recommend one? It's probably too late now. He's a concrete Oh, time. for sinking it in, isn't it? The, like a flush one. I never actually thought of that. Mm. We have two other places that we need to renovate as well, so I can come <laughs> into play. I don't really have the height in them. That's the only problem. Aye. They're more like a mid-rise type yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's been exciting. 
Um, my problem was I didn't set up one of the security cameras to watch it and I meant to change it. And I was in work all day thinking about it. And one of the cameras was watching the lorry and I could see the dumper going down. I was going to ask you, you sent a picture of the dumper. Yeah. How do you do the camera on it? Literally wheel that stuff in, had you? Oh, yeah, well, I wasn't doing it. Couldn't get the lorry around? Uh, they could, well, they got a six-wheeler up before and they must have been eight-wheelers this time and they didn't want to put it in through the gates. Mm. To be honest with you, we need to redo the pillars and stuff so we would have knocked them down. I wouldn't have cared. <laughs> I would <laughs> have been like, hustle. by all means, go, go on for ahead. it. <laughs> <laughs> we could have took them up the field as well if it was dry enough, but it's sort of dodgy at the minute with a bit of wet there so didn't really mm. fancy getting anybody bogged in which would have been fun hey at least it's poured that's it I'm that's just, a big big step yep, like yeah. yeah so now it's the shed guy you're going for a structural building aren't you ah, like, like a, a steel structural like ah, steel sectional type style yeah yeah, yeah. so it's uh exciting We'll have room to work again. Who are you going with? If you large, ask. large buildings. Oh, large, yeah. Do you know La- them? Lar- large. Uh, large. large. Uh, I've seen them advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah, no, they've been very professional to deal with. I think we talked about before. Mm-hmm. The, terrible hassle getting somebody. Awful hassle. Um, they, they do clear span trusses as well, don't they? Yes, they do. Aye. That's what I'm hoping for, so you can get plenty get the of height. head height. Yeah. But no, the guy was 100%. He took us up, showed us around the place. Um, was sending like proper email quotes. Everything was legit with them, you know, where the other guys were like, mm. you're lucky if they would answer the phone. And my thinking on that always is when something goes wrong, I guess there's be the point where they're answering the phone because I'm trying to give them money yeah. as opposed to when something goes wrong and they're out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a no-brainer. We do 99% of the stuff ourselves with everything, like cars around the house. So when I'm, when I'm actually like paying someone to do something, I don't mind if it's slightly more expensive because if it's done right, I just take my mind off it then kind of thing. Mm. But just trying to organize people at the moment has been an absolute nightmare. The whole construction industry is just on its head. Between labor, materials, everything, it's just insane. It's crazy. I think everybody's feeling the knock-on effect of it, but in our world, it's more important. Our guards are the most there's important a guy, thing. The guy, the guy the other day there, he's local to, local to us here, and he uh, supplies building materials and stuff. He says he likes a block concrete block mm-hmm. it's a week by week basis yeah. at the minute and he says they're they're talking about all these different surcharges you know they're getting oh yeah charged you know the price of fuel because construction's moving from red to white well that's what i say yeah the ban of red diesel's been nuts on it yeah Con- it's concrete it's alone concrete alone from that the first of april went up 10 pound a meter mm-hmm. uh, there's 18 meters in our floor so there's 180 quid extra Probably plus fat, but it's just insane. I wouldn't like to be building anything massive at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Especially a house. Must not have just, just run away on I you. I imagine budgeting for that. Oh, you can't. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, Several engineering projects. That must be just torture. Oh, I, I am so glad I'm not in that industry at the minute. Like, yeah, you've, you've, you have a three or four year project and you've priced for it. Yeah. How, how do you price yeah. for something that far away? You can't do it. Um. The other thing I had here just to talk about was a quick mention of Dubshed we done. I know we're going to talk about Dubshed, but a few specifics. We did get to meet a few listeners. Did you meet any listeners that you hadn't met before, Nigel? Um, who did I meet? There wasn't that many people listening. We told them they couldn't move their cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, our listeners didn't move their cars. They're fine. It's the people who don't listen. Um, we bumped into a listener, uh, Cahill Cullen. He had a red Mars Red Mark 1 Jetta like Lee's outside. With a turbo diesel engine in it. Yeah. And it was we, like, oh, imposter, imposter. I was sitting opposite the door, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. It's lovely. So we were, yeah. we were nosing around it. And next thing he, he came up and was like, oh, I listen to you guys. And I'm like, oh, who are you? Turns out he lives like on the other side of Portadown from us. He's around our age. There's a cattle. I know a cattle Colin lives about the purchase. It's out that part of the world, yeah. But it's not. I no. I don't think it's the same cattle Colin. Like. And 
I was like, how do we not know this guy? And yeah. you know, the more you talk and you have all these things mm. in common and you live very close together and you're like, how do we not know you? Um, who else do we see? Shout out to Connor Roll's dad, Clifford. <laughs> coolest man. The there. coolest man. He is the most shed. dapper man. And always smiling as well. Yeah. 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 I was I was standing at one point talking to someone and I could see him walking around his own, like inspecting the cars with the hands behind <laughs> the back and the hat on. And I was like, this man, I'd love to know what's going on in that head because he's either very impressed or he's disgusted, but you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly tutting. Oh, yeah. Um, Emmett O'Leary took a picture. Did you see it? Take a picture of you getting your hair cut. And Nigel watching. Oh, really? He, he, right he, he, commented, yes, he no. commented saying, why is Nigel waiting? There's not much left to cut. <laughs> I'm still in the background just going, why am I here? <laughs> um, we met John Bill finally. Yes. The, John, the world's tallest man. He looks like Borat. He looks like somebody stretched him. <laughs> he is <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, that's a good looking right. man. Look, I know John. John's a good lad. <laughs> um, and then we bumped into Shane Dugan as well, who gave you the photo. Yes. Shane, Shane had, had been doing some like old school 35mm photography at Eurotrip oh, yes. last year. And he had a photo of the Jetta that he gave yes. me as class. I, uh, you give TJ one of his as yeah. well. Aye, and William really Connors good. had one. No, they were yeah. really, he posted them on Instagram last year. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously had them in, in person too. So it's nice to get wee things he got. Yes, thank you very much, Shane. Especially awesome. a reminder back to last year. So, no, I think that's about as exciting as my dub shit is before we get properly into it. Is anything else he's been up to? Uh, it's not like we haven't seen each other in the last week. The track car mark five been delayed again. Just time, all the rest of it. So yeah. I think I'm going to go down and watch. Uh, this is now Saturday we're recording. There's a track day, track skills day down at Kirkus tomorrow. I might go there after work tomorrow. Good. Just watch Robin because Robin has fitted the pole positions, new wheels, new tires, I guess strut braces. And stuff. That'll be nice in that car. You mustn't get them thrown about. Versus so the standard like, seats. I would mm. like to take a run out of it now. That's all set up. He's got a load of strut braids and stuff in it. Oh, very good. So. They're really good wee value for money it's car. Fantastic. It's a great track car. The only thing about that car is carcass and the long circuits, you need the power in the straights. Ah, like, yeah. Not that it doesn't have the power, but you need bigger More power. power. Has he, has he uh, limited slip diff on it? I don't think he has, no. How, how does it handle the corners then? It seems to be fine, like, you know. I think there's a point um, of it, but there's good brakes and all around on it. And, you think the wee car would be <clears throat> fairly light, you know, nearly cock a leg and I start to spin. Yeah, but uh, it's no. a circuit I've never drove on before. I prefer down, a short never, circuit because yeah. it cuts out the whole big power thing. It brings it down to the handling of the car. Aye. The shorter circuit. I, I, I have a confession to make. I've never driven on a circuit. No, never. So. What you just road race, do you? Indeed, I do not. No, officer. We've seen you drive. Uh, my only other thing to mention is that the Jetta has uh, thrown a leg out. Well, it no, hasn't don't really. Say that. But oh, um, there was this like mysterious noise the yeah. night before Dubshed. I mentioned it actually on the last podcast. Yeah, I said yeah. there was a new rattle, but there's plenty of rattles, so yeah. who knows? Well, there was this kind of quite worrying rattle then, and Connor brought it down because he was going to bring it down to Dubshed on Friday afternoon for me. Um, because I was bringing the superb with all the stuff on it, and uh, he was like, "Oh, he took it for a spin up the road," and he was like, "I don't know, there's something like this noise is bad, like," and we couldn't figure out what it was. So then for a while on the Friday, I was like, "I don't even know if the jet is going to make it here. Like, I have no idea." <laughs> and Andy Maxwell, in fairness, was like, he was on standby with the trailer. He was like, "I'll go get it. It's no worries. I'll I'll yeah. go and get it." The trailer chucked on anyway. So 
but admit it made it. It's grand. Think it's a CV joint, so it's not really the end of the world. It's just a bit of a pain in the dick. Knocky noise, just or what? It's like a slight rattle going forward, but it's louder in reverse, kind of thing. You but put it it's still locked. See, yeah, it's definitely a rotational noise. You know, it changes yeah. with the speed and stuff, and it doesn't change any different when you change like different gear or anything like that. So. And I don't think, like, gearbox should be, like, a grinding noise or, like, a whirring or something. This is, like, a clicking. So I'm guessing it's going to be CV joint somewhere. Is it a CV joint? Yeah. <clears throat> so I just don't know which one it is. So they might just stick buy all four. But sure, you're easier sticking a whole shaft in. Uh, well, it's, shaft. yeah. It's not like we don't know anybody works in parts places, so we'll get something sorted. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what a pain in the arse. But uh, it made it, and it was good. Oh, just one last point on Dubshed. Eddie with the uh, the McGann RS trophy, the liquid yeah. yellow one, parked beside Tommy's liquid yellow Rental 5. Well placed, guys. Yes. Well placed. I was debating. So I was parking that hall, and I was lying in bed the night before going, I know he's going to turn up. Do I keep the spot beside him? And then I thought to the clash, you know, I didn't really know what to do. Eddie rolls in. He's like, can I park beside him? I was like, yep, decision made. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. it was cool. It was like a like old versus new kind of thing. It's, it's not a... Dima kit? No, it's a, a skate kit. Skate kit. Yeah, I was talking with Tommy. Like he, he was just really impressed with the show and all the rest of it. But he, he actually mentioned it was good. That was parked beside him. That's you know? good. <laughs> I, he was happy enough then. Um, I had a wee chuckle in that drift games video whenever uh, they they were asking your fellow about the. Is this when he says, "Do you know anything about this car?" And I was like, "Really, have no idea what he's talking about." But <laughs> very good. He can, be, he can be telling you anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in that situation before. Yeah, ask a question. Somebody goes into detailed depth, and I'm like, yep, okay, that's fine. (laughs) I know everything you're telling me here. Uh, I would like to do one final shout-out to another listener whose name is Adam with a yellow glanza. His name is Adam. I would like to point out that I know his name. He's called Adam. So somebody messaged in last last week about the... uh, what we thought of was it like starlets or glances yeah. or something and i couldn't remember adam's name uh, and he so. rolled up to me outside dub shed on saturday morning and i was and he was like my name's adam by the way <laughs> <laughs> called you out straight away I, I was parking him up and he rolled down and i seen him staring at me and i walked over and started to laugh i was like adam and he just laughed he was like yes <laughs> but it's one of those ones when you, hit, you stop recording you go his name's adam that would have been good 20 yeah. minutes ago when i said that that's funny like people in sort of are we car scene world don't really need surnames it's like adam with the yellow glanza yeah you know yeah. straight away or, or it's a username on instagram uh, oh yeah <laughs> used to be forum names now it's instagram names yeah. shall we move on then to our news news yeah, yeah. a bit of brief news because i think we've plenty to talk about i would say with this man here in front of us we'll have plenty to talk about so my my only bit of news is basically the announcement that toyota have not given up to the hopes and aspiration of motorsport and pedal power so they're released the launch of the gr4 corolla it's the same engine as a yaris gr it's the 1.3 turbocharged engine four-wheel drive six speed 300 brake variable bias stiff differentials proper car um i've seen the press release pictures of it it just looks class and i like the way toyota do their styling compared to honda honda go full oh out there just mentalness yeah whereas toyota's always a bit more reserved so there's a nice balance um yeah, so it's adding to the existing range of cars Toyota are developing in line with their WRC program. Um, and the other flip side of the coin, VW are announcing e-buses and crap like that. Oh, or, fantastic. That stupid, what do you call that thing they released there? The ID Buzz. ID Buzz. Oh, yeah. The Buzz Eye, yeah. It's, you just think to yourself, why 
Why is there such a difference in manufacturers? It's just what they're doing. Like, well, the only thing is Toyota didn't get hit with Dieselgate either. Like, so they behaved themselves. <laughs> but tell you, I'm, I'm a VW man three and three, but they have lost the completely plot. Yeah, with EVs, hundred yeah. percent, completely lost. But, it. Well, by closing down VW Motorsport, I think we talked about it six or seven episodes. They've completely turned their back on the enthusiast. Yeah, yeah, completely, and it's shocking. It, Whereas Toyota, look at they're doing this. Yaris, they have embraced GR, mm-hmm. Gazoo Racing as a brand itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it's not coming in the UK. I was waiting on that bit, yeah. And do you know why? I don't. Well, I had to dig to find out why. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the GR racing ethos. Only three GR models in one single market. Oh. So they already have the GR Yaris, the GR Supra, and the GR86. Right. Uh, I'd rather have the Corolla than the Supra, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit tepid. It is a nice looking car, though. I love, see the way they're doing, they've done like the Audi RS thing with the big wide hips. And it stands out in the road and you see one right away, you know what it is kind of yeah. thing. But at the same time, it's not like the Civic Type R's, as you say, where there's like fins and spoilers and everything everywhere and really in your face and look like yeah. you crashed into a Halfords. Yeah. So there you go. Because no, no Japanese car did ever. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that news anyway. Uh, my one and only one is uh, F1, as Andy Maxwell will be glad to hear. Oh, fantastic. But it's just a, I just hear Andy shouting at the speaker. It's a humorous one, so don't switch off yet, Andy. Um, Sebastian Vettel yesterday, did you see his uh, two-wheeled escapades? I haven't seen any F1 oh, so brilliant. far. So he had an incident where he was off, I think at a small engine fire, being his good self that he is. He got out, helped the marshals put everything out, made sure everything was safe. Rather than getting into the safety car to go back, he asked one of the marshals, could he go back on his scooter? So he was like, yeah, no problem. Then he said, can I ride instead of you? Can I affiliate with that? So he was, yeah, we had the scooters. So he was happy enough. We're um, big scooter guys now, Gath, aren't we? Oh, I. He completed the rest of the lap back to his area on uh, the scooter, which the FIA weren't happy with. And they hit him with, which is clearly a made up because it's a very specific thing, unauthorized use of a scooter on the track. Oh, yes. Yeah. Five grand to find him. Which, in the grand scheme of things, he earns uh, 10, he, he's only here. 15 million 15. before his like uh, bonuses and sponsorships and things like that. But if you just take that as a set wage, that as a percentage is somebody earning 30 grand getting fined 10 pounds. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Well done working that out, Connor. That was I, a bit I, of good maths. This I do is like the attention to detail that we have in this podcast. Well, it's the know. first thing I thought was, what's five grand to that man? It's yeah. literally nothing. Because we talked before, do you remember when they touched somebody's wing last year and they got fi- the big fines and stuff and you work it out, it's not, it's like the equivalent of getting fined like three or four. What did you say quid. it was a tenner? Yeah. So that's the equivalent of pulling a set of jeans out of a washing machine going, oh, I forgot I left that tenner in there. <laughs> yes, pretty much. I'll hand that to them. That'll cover my fines. Sure, it's just like making an example of them, isn't it? Oh yeah, they sort of have to be doing something. Sure, what harm is he doing? No. Some he, of the memes though have been hilarious of him riding along in the scooter and he had the helmet like set up on top of his head and he's just like <laughs> waving to people. I did see something when you just when you say that yesterday. It, I must have scrolled past it. Like it said Fireman Seb or something like that. Yeah, I putting did. the fire out. Mm-hmm. So he uh, somebody had photoshopped him. I think it was F One Troll had a photoshop him. The mall got into the first corner and him on the scooter sideways. <laughs> F One Troll is so good. It's brilliant. So good. <laughs> to be honest, that's where I get most of my F One news when I see something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, something's happened. Let's Google that. Did you see, just speaking of the F1, the Lego McLaren car? I did. The actual, like the full-size yeah, one? full-size Lego McLaren. Yes. They had Danny Ray sitting in it. That was awesome. It's probably quicker than the actual McLaren car. Yeah, probably is. Um, I've seen, had... seen a clip on 
TikTok or something, and some squad of boys had built this full scale model of it wasn't McLaren or an F1 or something, but it was a car, and they'd completely finished it. And one of the designers got into it and sat on it, and then he went to get out, and, and it broke. Went out, it just completely all oh, fell to bits. No. Oh, <laughs> nice. No, this one was cool. It was the released a Lego Technic McLaren kit, obviously to build. So this was to kind of promote it. <laughs> You're in the sheep in the background. That is the first we have sheep in the background now. <laughs> We've had everything on this podcast. Um, Just in case you're wondering, we're on, we're on tour again, new location. Yes, you might hear a slight echo and sheep in the background. So we're in a cave. My only bit of news was we talked a few podcasts ago about the Felicity Ace, which is the big ship that so. has gone on fire and then sank with all the cars on board. So they've actually now released a list of all the cars that were on it. So I'll just give you some some highlights. So as we know, it was obviously a lot of high-end um, Lamborghinis, some of the Volkswagen stuff, Porsches and that. Um, Matt Farah's Porsche. Uh, he had a special edition ordered, yeah. hadn't he? Yeah. Um, there was also a JDM spec 1996 Honda Prelude, Prelude SIR, um, a Land Rover Santana, a Ford Mustang GT, a dozen Fent tractors. Yes. <laughs> it's a score, Gavin. <laughs> There's a John Deere man here. Um, a 2014 Kia Soul. Um, they've listed this Porsche. There's a Porsche Boxster um, 718 listed separately because it was a privately owned car rather than yeah. the fleet cars. And then just to give you some idea, some of the numbers of cars that were on board that sank. 297 Audi Q3s, 199 Volkswagen Golfs, 159 ID4s, not that that's a big loss to anybody. <laughs> 77 Bentley Benta Yaga. No, what? No, is that the the SUV type one? Is it? They're definitely Benta Yaga now. No, they're definitely. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the big Jeep, the Bentegas. Uh, 116 T6s. <laughs> 84 Audi A5 convertibles, specifically the convertibles. 15 Aventadors, 20 Huracans, um, 50 Urus, 47 Caddies. <laughs> just crazy that's like. a big insurance claim i was going to mm-hmm. say the insurance company nuts. were just crying at that point the value of stuff that's lost there is just absolutely yeah. crazy isn't it but it was funny that they mentioned some of the the individually owned cars as well there's a tt roadster an e-tron a kn a volkswagen taigo well you see we talked about shipping my car over do you remember at one point yeah like a few years back and, and that, that happens have been quite on. a bit you know, because there's the likes open our imports, bringing cars across that you've bought. Imagine, mm. imagine all that effort, or even finding the car or whatever, and then it land in the middle of the ocean. Like, what would you do? Yeah, be good podcast content, like, wouldn't it? But all that, I'd be heartbroken. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be sending out the divers anyway. No, all the electric, all the EV stuff at the bottom of the ocean. The electric eels are well charged up though. It'd be good. It'd be great for their environment. <laughs> It'd be hyper eels. <laughs> yeah. Those EVs will do well in the ocean. Good for the environment. Yeah, awesome. Best place for them, I think. I Correct, think so, Kevin. <laughs> Man after my own heart. Oh, is that us? That's us. Just a quick uh, plug for the guys in the MLVW, the Euro Project show. We've mentioned before, it's the 70th of May. Uh, they announced that the they have indoor space and they have a selection process. You email it through, I think, or DM Facebook it. Facebook Messenger. Facebook yeah. Messenger. There, that closes on the 30th of April, so if you do want to apply for indoors... It's closing the 30th of April. Actually, you should get a list of all the shows for the rest of the year together and post it online, put it in the Facebook group or on the Instagram as well. Do you have a nice They have, they yes. Have, it's yeah. in July. Sometime, it literally, it? it's like, I can't remember, there's like three in a row. 
Oh, so it's old school. In July. New old school, school, new school is the 17th. So then Fadgie's the week before. And there's something else Fadgie. the week before that. Are you call it Fadgie? <laughs> it's just the 10th of July? Well, yeah, the 10th, I think. Right, okay. I, I think you're right, Lee, yeah. Watergrass, I, I can picture it on my calendar at home. That's how I know there's something for those three weekends. I'd be practicing my marching, so... That's right, I. Bad time of you believe anything. Um, have you any YouTube? <laughs> uh, just a quick few mentions. The first one is Divine Media. So that's Mike, who is the videographer for Adam LZ. He has uh, a couple of cool cars, an LS400 and a Supra, I think a Mark II. Oh, it? the old boxy square type no, ones? No, Mark III then, sorry. Uh, but he bought an NSX and he f- just finished there. The video went out last night. The Marga Hills widebody kit he put on it. On an NSX? An, an NSX circles that sacrilege. Yeah. So he just finished that and got it painted and he has a set on a set of Blitz 003s. And it's just mad. Is it nice? I like it. I, it's I, subtle. It's not all, what do you call that NSX from Scotland, which is just completely The yellow bonkers. one? It's crazy. Yeah. This is like black blitzes ah it's air he's done the wild thing and tried to tone it down yeah. kind of thing yeah so there's a series of videos of that there but he's just finished it now if anybody can follow it the other youtube would be drift games so if some of you were at dubshed which i'm sure most of you were the drift games guys came up and put a really good stand on uh this year at the show and they didn't mess about and getting two videos out gaffin did not i actually said to dave on the, I think it was the Sunday, they put out the first one on the Saturday night or something. I said, like, how the hell Did do they? you guys, I think so, because I was talking. Your man Josh must just sit in that tent and, and just edit. Cr- I was last it. night. That's the yeah. first I'd seen him. Yeah. So he, he released the Logan Hall video on the Monday night mm-hmm. and then the, wasn't it? Oh, maybe I seen a different video then because the, the Daffy had a video out and I remember thinking, how did you get that done so quick? On a Sunday night? I can't remember. It was at the show. I was talking to him. Right. But well, basically, it was one night after the other. So basically, you have one video which is going around the Logan Hall, and the second video is going around the the Icon Hall. Mm-hmm. So it is. Um, if you haven't been there, it's a really good video because it's a very detailed walk <laughs> yeah, around it, the hall. It is, yeah. It's really. Do you know the, the titles of it? Maybe a wee bit. Nervous. That's cl- it's cl- we're actually talking about this like, way up the road. It's clickbait. You know, that's the way YouTube works. But the actual content, well, very good. It it's was really, good. really good. But it was funny to really watch uh, Adam, Josh, and Dave going around the Icon Hall describing each individual car and going oh that's that that's that and then going the next video going around the icon going i don't know what's that what's yeah, that and it's the, like us walking around the job side yeah, of things it's literally <laughs> the exact opposite they, of us they knew more than they thought they knew i yeah. think yeah oh, I, absolutely well, i think yeah. your, your guy uh josh was into the Hercules stuff a lot you know he knew yeah. quite a bit about the bosses the and things like that. yeah that the english fella uh, yeah no no the, josh is the english guy is he not from new zealand well, I don't know. He's not Irish anyway. No, he's not. He's one of them old foreigners. The non-Irish one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, two really good videos and a good example of what was at the show. I did laugh, though, at uh, saying about counting, they were counting the amount of golfs on air. Yeah. And Marty, Marty Mims. Marty Mims. Marty Mims. Marty Mims. Marty Mims. On a side note, they didn't do an air count in the Logan Hall and you'll find there was quite a few cars on air in there. There was, yeah. So The non-Volkswagen yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hey, they're defending their own. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it has it. to be done. We do the same. It's all good. <laughs> No. Did I mention, I think, all their cars, was there four of their cars they had built specifically for Dubshed? That's right. I think and so. literally just completed them, like, before they, 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 had, had, up they, the had, built, they had built up videos of Fortnite before, and they basically mm. saying, we're, we're focusing to get, because they are going to do a series of shows, mm-hmm. so they basically had to get it ready for Dubshed, so that the cars will, because I, I, I was talking to Dave and Josh out at the catering area, and 
their calendar is just mental for next week. Yeah, oh, look, masters and stuff. fair play to them, like because you know Dubshed is probably totally not what they're about. Yeah, you know, well, but but they really embraced it and they really fit it in. Mm-hmm. Oh, it I, did. I yeah, thought, and they, they, they seemed to like they, it. They totally added to to the event. The the S15 that they had, the wrapped, like a blue greeny coloured one, that was wrapped like the week coming up to the show. And the two guys that were wrapped. Is that the one with like the floral interior? Yes. <laughs> it it was wrapped coming up to the show by two guys who, that's their job. But they got COVID that week and worked through having COVID and told him, look, we'll try and get it done, but we'll work until we can't work. And he says like they were doing like half a bonnet or like getting halfway across the bonnet and having to stop and like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and then continuing on with it kind of thing. Crazy. There's a lot of dedication, but I love that about shows. Like everybody pulling out all the stops to try and get things done. Yeah. To make a deadline kind of thing. Because we used to do it back in the day as We've well. We've all yeah. been there. Yeah. <laughs> the night before things or building a car in the hall. Yeah. It's all fun. Remember the days of raffle cars? Oh, <laughs> I, I want to talk about that during this. <laughs> oh, man. Just before we move on, we'll talk about our sponsor, Studio 10 Bespoke Car Care. Located in Ballymena, Northern Ireland, not only are they a Vinci approved detailer specialising in vehicle detailing, paint correction and ceramic coatings, but they also have a series of online training courses called Foundation Pro. Foundation Pro is designed to help you improve your skill set at any level, whether starting out on your own vehicle or starting a business venture, and it also comes with many benefits such as discounts with various detailing companies. To get details on the packages offered, Foundation Pro or other services provided, check them out at studio10car.care or simply search Studio 10 Detailing on Google, Facebook or Instagram. Shall we move on then to the main topic of the day? Yes, we're getting rid of Nigel. Nigel is off the podcast and is going into guest mode. Let me just walk away and then I'll walk back in. <laughs> <laughs> Good sound effects. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is actually came from you, Gethin. We were talking last last Sunday at Dubshed and you had said about interviewing you and Nigel together as guests as opposed to having you on and Nigel and it made sense and the more I thought about it too we've been involved like all of us have been involved you guys obviously from the start have been involved for years we've always skimmed over Dubshed what it is G10i but I think it's something we've never really talked about on the podcast either and a lot of people probably just know about it because we've just touched on it now and again but we've never really went into the depths of it and considering it's like Dubshed is the biggest car show in Ireland you know it's like why would you not talk about it even though we're sitting with all this information haven't let's so get into it then I kind of thought we'll go with a Dubshed this is your life type thing which for anybody again your big red book? under the okay, age of 30 will not get that <laughs> reference yeah it is actually a red book there we go there we go perfect um, so do you guys want to start off just telling people what GTI&I is uh, we're still working that out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a was sort of formed at 09 uh, no it was earlier than that was I think it was like 04 GTI and I sort of came about in 04 it was before my time yeah I sort of come on the scene about 07 yeah um, there, there was different was there, GTI Northern Ireland was yeah. a club, like club, GTI, club GTI yeah and it kind of evolved from there yeah early days were track days um, Castle Wellen kicked it's, off 2004 Oh three or oh four, yeah. Uh, oh three or oh four, we can never remember which. I wasn't even was. driving at that point. <laughs> no, nor me. So that's kind of where it kicked off. There was a, a sort of fallout with mainland club GTI, and then sort of evolved into GTI and I. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's where things sort of escalated as such. Snowballed. <laughs> so you guys were running Castle Wellen, as you said. Um, like we've talked about what Castle Wellen was before, and was an absolute cracker show. Yeah, it ran for a long time. 
it's an outdoor show in a forest park, essentially, which is not too far off what a lot of people were doing at the time. But nobody really was doing what Dubshed, what you guys started as, and especially what it is now, where you have more of that at the minute. I think around that time there was shows, but it was run by commercial promoters. There was like the... Uh, oh, Fitna, the one at the Odyssey and foreplay at the Odyssey. Yeah. What a name for a show! <laughs> um, and then there was modified live down at Dublin, or what do you call that? Modified Motors live, Modif- maybe was it? Stuff was like that. Yeah, modified, modified live at the in Dublin, and there was that RDS. Was what it? They call it nights. Oh, cool, cool nights. nights. Cool nights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So, like, it's 2010. We're coming. Well, are we coming out of, or are we still in the midst of a? depression economic depression then from 2008 what made you guys look and go we'll put on an indoor car show well i think i think it was this like for us castle wellman was the first show uh-huh. of the year so like the show season here never really kicked off until july say? the yeah. summer the summer holidays um and your shows tended to be within those months like an, an early show back car then would have been june car, car shows were the summer yeah so you know, Castle Wellen kind of kicked it off. It was always the first weekend of the the school summer holidays, first weekend and first Saturday in July. Uh huh. So you guys shortened the winter builds, is so, what you're saying? Um, well, not entirely. Like, obviously, Ultimate Dubs was sort of, I suppose, yeah, it was establishing back itself back then, and it was really early. Like, it was March. So Nigel said to me, um, at that time, I think we should do, we should maybe look at doing an earlier show. And it was from going over to the English shows. Like we were traveling over to yeah. Edition 30, Ultimate Dubs. What other shows did we go to? I think there was only two shows. Edition 38 and stuff as well. I said Edition 30 there, didn't I? Yeah, I I'm did. obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> really, Edition 38 and Ultimate Dubs were the yeah. two. The big, the big UK shows. You had, you had the other the other ones which are still going. It's the one in September. Uh, it was always a big event. Westside? Yes. Ah, yes. I never went there now, but... Yeah, so I suppose we we probably thought at that time, thinking, let's try and do something here, broaden the show calendar here. We we could potentially do something about it. Yeah. it we never intended really for it to get to the scale it is now. It's kind no, of well, na- well, naturally progressed. Just you basically had this idea of a venue that sort yeah. of was cheap. Aye, the King's Hall, where they used to have the Ulster Motor Show. It's so. really the only big indoor <laughs> venue there was back then. Well, we were looking about, but yeah. there was telephone numbers. But because it was, you know, we wanted it early in the in the calendar, you know, we sort of end of March, I think we were looking at that yeah. stage last week, end of March. Um, we're all too aware of the, the weather here. Yep. So it needed to be somewhere where we had an inside facility. Uh-huh. So at that time, uh, Balmoral Show was still running down at the King's Hall complex in Belfast. Uh, so we approached the RUAS about renting one of the buildings on site, which was the cattle hall. Mm-hmm. They, they Literally showed, a cattle shed? Yeah, so they, they, shed. they, they showed the cattle there. in there at, at Balmoral Show and the, the dairy events. Um, and we struck a deal, and within six weeks, we had our first dub shed. So the whole thing was organized and in six weeks? It was six weeks, yeah. <laughs> and that was 2010. So who came up with the name? Obviously, we knew it was held in a cattle shed. It had dubs or Volkswagens in it. Mm. Who, I think... Look, it was we all got our heads together and we're sort of bound some different, silly names came up, different names about and stuff. And I remember, I remember specifically driving down the M two in the Belfast on my way to work. Light bulb moment, and I had this light bulb moment. Fantastic dub shed. <laughs> I was like, I just clicked with with all of us, yeah. and I thought, yeah, that, go for that. Let's do it. 
And, I remember. And I, I, I'd ran from that. So sorry to interrupt you. I remember being at McDonald's at Sprucefield. We weren't long together at the time. We used to knock around with Chris McKim, mm-hmm. and he knew you guys and stuff. And he had said, "Oh, have you heard? Have you heard this show they're going to do called Dubshed?" And I always remember that moment sitting at McDonald's hearing about <laughs> Dubshed for the first time. <laughs> so it was obviously quite a different time. It's just as what Lee's saying about like we hadn't heard of the show until Chris told us. You did have Instagram in its very, very earliest form. You had uh, forums. How did you guys I promote don't think it? We even had Instagram then, no, did we? We had no social media accounts in year we, one. We had nothing until 2013. 13 or 14, yeah. I think. So, so maybe 2012. We were printing out flyers and dropping them off. At yeah, so it's proper old school then. Forum, we were, forums, we, we depended quite heavily on forum, forums at that right. time. Like that is ultimately how all of us in this room met yeah yeah it is well it was on forums i when i was researching this i went back and found the original rms thread for this first show and really? commenting on it and i was talking to you on it but i didn't know you at the time i mm. just knew you as getting you know i knew obviously what i knew in the cars and stuff and people commenting on it but it was interesting to trip down memory lane um so obviously no internet it's flyer drops and just trying to get the name out there what sort of numbers we was dealing with then i think the two halls was a split hole i think was it 60 or 70 cars we could put in? We could fit 90 cars in. We, we could fit, I think it was 65 in the main Alexandra Hall. And then 30 odd in the... Alexandra Hall. And then there was the wee annex, but yeah. off the back of it was 30 odd. Which is vast contrast to what you have now. And, and it's just always from that moment, the main hall, and that cracks me up today. Because yeah. there is no main hall anymore. I'm, I'm as bad as <laughs> for saying that as well, yeah. Yeah, but that's where the whole main hall came from other whole thing came from and it's funny because and our stage was a hay trailer that first year it was two Eifer Williams trailers back to back and then the second year we had a Beale trailer was it uh-huh. that's fantastic yeah, it so is. it was kind of a pull everything together see what we can make of this kind yeah, of thing yeah. last minute that's good year one it was a it was a decent crowd came out we had I, I remember we had a hundred and I think we had 160 cars yeah at the first event uh-huh. and the weather was great it was, oh, it was a lovely the, sunny the, day the first three years I think there was, year three well, was mental. Year three, we had 22 degrees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that's, is fantastic. That's for the year, do you remember MJ and all the guys from London yeah, come over? That's right. And we had, a, we had an absolute blinder. Like, I always said from those early days, and this absolutely craps on the effort that you guys put into it, but the weather made that show. Mm-hmm. And once it got itself established, it could have been thunder and lightning and people would have still came to it. You know, it'll yeah. still put some people off. Oh, I don't know, Connor. You still so. have, but, <laughs> but it, it almost trades yeah. on its own name at that stage where the early days... If you got a show like that, it could be fantastic, an absolute washout. Nobody turns up and it suddenly has a bad name or that was crap. You know, a lot of it's luck with that too. And I remember the weather because we were at it and the weather was absolutely amazing. I remember amazing. the dust. The you dust think, in the yard. Right. That's, right. Right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Do you remember, um, was it year two? Remember Ivan Warwick brought his quattro? Yes, and the thing was up on axle stands. It was, well. yeah. And yeah. that was in the dusty area. Yeah. Because it was, was. there was an ice cream van beside it. And I remember people getting ice cream cones and just <laughs> dust sticking to the ice cream. <laughs> Some chocolate sprinkles. <laughs> um, but it was, a, it was a funky venue. Like, it was all quite, quite, quite quirky, wasn't it? Um, we'd sort of got used to the place. And then yeah. we had to move. So you've, back in those days, uh, it wasn't as inclusive as it is now, say. No, it was very so, exclusive. So so nowadays we have, we're open to all mechs. Back then there was a, what we called the scrap a jap section. Do you remember that? Oh, we'll just stop over that there. So, <laughs> so do, you want to, do you want to describe that for a Japanese listener here? Well, I would like to clarify. I don't 
think, and I stand to be corrected in this, that we ever had a Japanese car. You had a Korean car. We had a Korean yeah. car most yes. years. Hyundai's. I think we might have had a Mazda one year. Yeah. Can't remember. They. So the whole one premise. of my favorite pictures from the scrap a job was. Do you remember Toner had the three fifty Z? We parked him beside. And it. he parked beside the fence where the scrap a job <laughs> sign was. That's right. It was a brilliant picture. Yeah. <laughs> so for anybody listening, that was uh, you could basically pay to go and beat up a Japanese car or a Korean in this case with, with a, a sledgehammer. It's like that final stage in Street Fighter. You know when you beat up the car, beat up the car. Was yeah. like that only we give you safety goggles, gloves, all the PPE, and uh, a, a load of hammers, and everything was totally <laughs> safe. <laughs> Well, do you know what? That that ultimately is why we, we stopped yeah. it. Like, it yeah. was just getting too dodgy. There was a guy turned up. I remember Andy Maxwell and I doing the line for it one time. And this guy, he was Eastern European, about seven foot tall, solid muscle. Like, he, he had sold well at the mart. And he came in with a sledge. And you know when you're swinging a sledge up, <laughs> and you swing up, and it kind of goes past where you want to stop? Yeah. No, this was dead 12 o'clock every time. That thing was like a toffee hammer to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> toffee hammer. And he, st- he stood up, kicked the windscreen in, stood on the dash, and was sledging the roof. And I was like, this man's angry. Do you <laughs> remember? There were some angry people. There was a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot of big country people were very yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The sleeves rolled up. It was. I remember as well... Um, you probably don't like me saying this. The head of the the sledge came off one time. Do you guys know that? No, and um, I don't want to know. No, Thank you, Connor. It, it, it definitely didn't go anywhere it shouldn't have. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I and mean, then I remember a few years later, one of the English shows did something similar where they beat up like a, a Mark III, like a base spec Mark III. Because I remember thinking I could have a lot of parts <laughs> off that. Why are you doing that? Yeah, but I, it wasn't anything I'd ever seen any of the shows. So obviously, these were a bit of a trendsetters with that. You now run like an entry system as well. It's like a, well, it's a website, but you can go on, submit everything, and it works very well at our end, which is nice. What was your entry system like back then? Was it a turn up or did you apply? Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, Email. The first year, was it, did we do an entry system the first year? I think it was just a show up. I don't know. I can't remember, but. Definitely two, year two, it was email entry. We were forced to, like, because obviously we only had a certain number of spaces. So, you know, the first year was at 160 cars back then was a popular yeah popular show uh-huh. so year i'm near sure it was year two we decided to go Definitely. application but it was as nigel said it's chaos email entries so you're having to filter through all these emails and try and see we, we had to print them all out oh <laughs> and we, we, st- all. we started one night at sam's house about eight o'clock oh and it was man it was like three, three or four in the morning we finished and there was just a cloud of farts in there <laughs> the night, so there was. that hasn't changed <laughs> um so yeah, obviously the second news ran then was 2011, and I won't. I'll sort of touch on every year, but not go into the depth there because we'd be here all day. But he expanded. You had more people, more cars. Um, 240 cars I have down here for the the next year, which is quite a, a step up from before. He's also had a raffle car, which was quite a big step. Lippo the first year. Apollo was, it? was the first year. Would it have been? Was it? I. Uh, Oh, the Mark III Polo. Mark III Polo. The wee black one. Yep. Whose idea was that or where did that come from? Oh, I do remember. Yeah. That was really straight. It was a nice wee car. Yeah. Wee coupe. Yes. Yeah. Wee coupe, put suspension on it, wheels. Yeah. There's not too many shows you can go to and win a a car out of. Yeah, I think the year after that was the Lippo. You had a Mark III. Oh, the Lippo was later on. Mark III Golf. was one of the later ones. The green Mark Mark III. Lippo and a Leon FR. Yeah. And then a TT. The TT as well. The TT. That's right. I, and they weren't standard cars either. They were modified because even yeah. the Lupo had a full respray. Uh, was it the, the Mark IV R32 blue color? 
was, yeah. It yeah. was. Um, it was Sparky, didn't it? It had, yeah. It had, yeah. Seats yeah. And all in it, it had splits. It had the RX-8 seats. Them really yeah. cool wheels. Coilovers. And it had Colin Tweed with a wig in it at one point, or you with a wig in it at one point. Yeah, There's a picture. We used to do promo videos. I think that Let's car went to... Find out. Did that go to Scotland, that car? It did, yeah. yeah. Jamie Peacock won it, didn't he? He did. That's right. Um... That's yeah, like as I say, how many shows, especially now, do you go to? We're going to win a win a thing. Like Edition Thirty Eight, I think did the raffle car yeah, as well. That, that's what inspired us yeah. to do it. But that was, a, was like there was a big established show, yeah. you know. And these the, the idea behind it was to raise a bit of money for charity. Yeah, but I think it worked out that it was costing us a fortune to do. And we just we said we'd the, rather just donate yeah. this to charity. Aye, than the, the hassle of it. The time you sold your tickets, like the tickets were only like a fiver. Mm-hmm. It, you had to do a lot of selling I did you know, try and cover before you even broke even with it. And look at the price of cars now. Imagine trying to do yeah. it. You couldn't. It'd just be impossible. But there's also all sorts of legalities attached to it as well. I always you know, wondered the, that. The Gambling Commission not there, so that kind of knocked it all in the head. It takes the legalities to take the fun out of it. you have no idea the hassle. Oh, man. I've, see, I've, see you running up to Dubshed. Particularly, do you remember the Mark III Golf? Oh, the, the one we bought and we realised that's scrap. Yeah, had to buy another, <laughs> had to buy another one. <laughs> And then realised how rotten it was. That was... So uh, bought a rotten golf. <laughs> sorry, a rotten Mark III, surprise, surprise. And bought another rotten Mark III, surprise, surprise. I can't imagine a Mark III being but rotten. But we bought the first one and got it all welded up. And it was like a patchwork quilt. That's remember? right. Andy yeah. and his uncle did it. Yeah. And did a really good job. I'm not yeah. saying they did a bad job. Mm-hmm. But It just thing, wasn't a clean car. It just wasn't a clean car by, by, by that stage. Like, so. Then if you're winning for a fiver. But we turned that car out. I had to put an engine in that car as well. <sighs> the green the one turned out really nice looking. It I can see where you're going with this, not covering the costs of things here. Yeah. You're having to weld it by a second car, but like, put an engine in it. That particular car was like a four o'clock in the morning job. Oh, yeah. You know, well, sort of the two nights before the show. You know what it is yourself on the run up to a show trying to get your own car ready for it. And if you miss the show, you're disappointed. That's it. That car has to be there because someone's going to win it. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's the pressure on you. Plus, yeah. you're running the show as I th- well. I think it sort of signifies the two reasons why we stopped, stopped doing it. it. Yeah. The cost and the time before show it was costing. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not worth it. It wasn't, very, it wasn't very smart. No. <laughs> it was cool to <laughs> say you done it. was a good bit. idea. <laughs> but it, was, wasn't. it was good memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2012 then your third one. Yeah. You actually expanded into all of the, the halls at the King's Hall. That's right. So the show went from... Yeah, that end of the Nugent Hall. Yeah. yeah, Which is the right. hall at the rear of the King's Hall. So we had three main... Three big, yeah. Well, the Londonderry Hall, the original Shades. Oh, but the Londonderry Hall, did we have the second year? I think we had, well, the year the Icon was built there as well. Aye. Because with that, like, did you sort of think to yourself, this is actually going somewhere? And you, you're seeing all this progression. Year one was good. <clears throat> year two was busy. Year three was mental. Yeah. Lee had the vent to it that year. That was the I first year. I won Best Wheels. Yeah. Proudest yeah. moment of my life. <laughs> there you go. I do believe, I do believe we the, the timing was right as well. Like the whole modified Volkswagen scene was, was really booming. booming at that yeah. stage. And everybody was kind of doing their own mods. There was nobody to do them for them. Yeah. And it, it was, was very it, home it gra- was very, grassroots. It was very engaging from, you know, the very people that were taking part to, you know, coming together as a collective. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, probably what helped us get off on the right foot yeah the right time the right place yeah and we're like i i think it would be difficult to do it today that's what i was going to say there's that many shows and you look at the shows that kind of mm-hmm. crop up and try to do something then they drop off or come mm-hmm. back it's it's as well a saturated market i suppose is probably the way to put it um, but it's also the change in trends and what's cool and what's not yeah. also true yeah 
Are there? You can see the shift at the minute with the car. Oh, scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so 2013, then fourth one is uh, another expansion for both the venue and yourselves, which was when the Icon Hall was built, which is a mm-hmm. what's it a 50 meter by 100, 100 meter pavilion. 100. Yeah, they didn't call it the Icon then. They it called was the it pavilion. the pavilion. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So were you forced to take that when they took down the sheds, or did you just want to? No, we we wanted it. Um, we had the demand for it. That's good, yeah. We had the naivety to go ahead with it. <laughs> um, Stupidity. But look, but look word. Yeah. You know, from from the onset of Dubshed, we have aimed to improve it every year. Mm-hmm. We have aimed to introduce something different every year. We have aimed to keep it alive the show, by, by doing all those sort of things. The show changes every year. Yeah, well, yeah, the thing but, is, if, if, you, if you're putting on the same show every year, what would entice somebody to come back again? Yeah, you're right. It, so it becomes stagnant. We try to keep things different as such. And again, just touching on what you're saying about right place, right time, that venue was growing. Mm-hmm. So it allowed you to grow with it as opposed to, imagine trying to take that site on now. Say Lee and I decided to do a show of our own with no backing. You go in and you suddenly have these giant halls to fill and the expense of that. It's, you know, it's good that way too. Yeah. Um, Lee, you had your Vento there as well. I did. That was... Uh, also, that was the year the Lupo was the raffle car. Right. I think you guys done a lot of shows in it, didn't you? So you just did, kind of yeah. travelled around trying to promote we it. Did. I got over at Dubs. We were over in Scotland with it too. Uh, that's, that's right. Because right. we went down, you brought it down to Vaggie. We went down with you that year. <laughs> and I, I think was Simon driving it. Probably. I think Simon drove it down. You were and, racing uh, him in the Vento. I was racing him in the Vento. It was like, <laughs> battle of the 1.3s so or 1.4s. It was a creepy car. Um, it was super. Brilliant. Yeah. And then he was doing, you know that thing, which I can't do. I don't have the coordination for it. You know, you indicate the wrong way. Oh, I uh, uh, <laughs> He was just fucking with me on the motorway. I was like, where is he going? <laughs> so, end of 2014 is your fifth year. Um, that's actually the year Lee and I came on board, which I, when I was researching this and going back through like show reports and stuff, I didn't realize how long we had been involved with it. You know, and you're like, that's a long, long time. And you guys are doing it longer than that again. <laughs> but that's it was because fun. that's the year we kind of met that the year before going down to cork was when we kind of got to know you guys oh, yeah yeah because i actually came and to then buy... we got suckered into dubshed that came about because you were selling mark four parts you were breaking a four motion that's right and i came up and bought dash parts and you said to us something like oh are you going down to the cork show and we we're like never heard of it and you says come down with us and we were like we don't want to intrude on what these are doing mm-hmm. and you were like no no come down come down and then we met all you guys, and that was really... Because I had bought stuff off you, Nigel, before, but didn't really know you very well. Yeah, I was the Mark II, Mark III breaker guy oh, yeah. for years. You were the, <laughs> the Antichrist. Yeah. It's Castle Farm. That's Castle it. Farm Breakers. <laughs> Castle, that was, it was called Castle Farm Breakers. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also the year the Mark I Leon Cooper mm-hmm. was the raffle car. It was um, a great car, actually. It was cool, yeah. yeah it it was, was all stickered up. Yeah. Suspension, Porsche Waves, yes. Revo Remap, real good. It was, it was proper proper good raffle car yeah. like i and you could see that in yeah. the cars too as the years went on yeah and patrick won it i think oh really or did she won the tt she won the tt it was quite a, it was quite a rare color that was um that was a wee fellow on the leon it wasn't mm-hmm. jazz blue it but it was quite but it was like, like, like it. jazz it, blue it porcelain yeah. blue something like that was that a, but it was quite a rare color in that car those are really good car too they're yeah. real they're the kind what, of thing it was a cupra wasn't it yeah. 1.8 t 180 horsepower whatever they are Aye. and obviously whatever you used on it after that um moving on then 2015 sixth year shows getting bigger Eight thousand people through the door 
which in six years compared to how many did you say you had on site the first year? But we actually that first year we had six hundred people. Six hundred people. Yeah, that's some that growth. One hundred and sixty cars, first year. At the time we were blown away. Going, yeah, wow. it's like jeepers. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually the year that the entire venue moved, which you touched on, Nigel. Yeah, and the move. <laughs> I think that, that was daunting. Like I was just going to say exactly the same thing. We were we were contemplating going to the TEC, the Titanic Exhibition Center, uh-huh. just because it's just a massive barn area. Well, basically, what what they did was the pavilion building that was temporarily erected at the King's Hall site. Uh-huh. They pulled that back down after two years and relocated it to where it is now at the the Maze Long I, Case. The Maze the Long Maze. Case site. But moving from the King's Hall, where you had all these different buildings that we could, we had use of. Character. You had all these mm. little, little nooks and crannies and places full of characters, as Nigel says. People knew the layout of the site. They knew mm-hmm. what to expect when they arrived. You're we, in Belfast. Knew, you're close to everything. Yeah. There's a train station right opposite the door. More than anything, we knew how to manage it by yeah. that stage because we'd had enough practice. I remember one of the meetings basically going, "Oh, there's going to be slip roads built off the motorway. There's going to be hotels built on site." Yes, still waiting for those too. But uh, look, as Nigel said, I remember it was such a daunting prospect. Like this is one building was, in the middle of a 65 acre site. It was a serious what role. What are we going to do with and this? deadly flat. You can just see. Yeah. yeah. It was like a serious roll of the dice. Yeah. Like there's literally nothing to do there. I think it was a great we think move. We, we, we had actually looked into the any, uh, RDS in Dublin. Though. We had, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, RDS we're, we're, Dublin. We were looking at other venues because it was that. We are like, looking for massive warehouses growing around them and everything. Yeah. But do you know what? We've been working with these guys at the RUAS from 2010. Mm-hmm. We could not ask for better people to work with as a venue. Even we've I, seen that side and, of it. And we, there, there's a very loyal side to us as well. Where uh-huh. if if somebody treats us well, you'll stick by them. We'll stick by them. Like and like Steve, Stephen, Shona, and uh, Teresa, like the Davey, the groundsman. Like our friends. Yeah. yeah, but they know exactly. They know exactly how. You're we, not, we operate. You're not going to turn up some year after ten years and wreck the place. No. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing. I think it was year one or year two. Teresa, who's part of the icon staff. She's one of the directors, isn't she? Director, yeah, driving around and just sort of going. Huh? That's amazing. Because <laughs> like we didn't probably we, didn't come across this. We just turned up. Like, going, we're going to hire your shit out for these, a car. Who are these young numbies. <laughs> 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 So the move, I think, was good in that logistics. You imagine the, the queues used to have on the uh, outside the King's Hall in Belfast. There were queued for ages, cross junctions. It was a nightmare where now you can get everything on site and it also allows you to expand your outdoor. Well, yeah, I think that. Well, you do, mm. yeah. This, this year turned up an interesting one for us now. Yeah. Again, 800 cars inside and out that year as well. So... Mm-hmm. That's that's impressive numbers, especially as we've talked about before. This island, we do get ones across from the mainland, but it's mostly from here. It's a very like how many people is on this entire island? About seven or eight million, not that many. Like where you go to England, and you can have that in one city. Yeah, you know, it's a small pool to pull from. So when you consider what the car scene is, it's very impressive. And then we'll have the problem of the ridiculous cost of ferries. Oh yeah. Uh, trying to get people across. <laughs> I think the desire to come is there. It's the monetary cost a lot yeah, of for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. I think James Barry said it's cheaper for him to go to Germany. Germany than that's come mental. to Ireland. That's sort of for us. Yeah. yeah. That's incre- that's crazy. 
2016 then, seventh year. I actually had my car with yours, Nigel, or getting the two Mark Threes. It was the last year mine was out. That was the, one of the last years. <laughs> Flip out mantle. Yep. As I say, better logistics for getting to the site. You know, this was the second year we're on the site going, we're kind of getting our burns here, nice feel for it. It was also the first year that we opened up to all German. That was through ILB. More than thing, well, ILB had a yeah, separate. They had an ILB sponsored marquee. Yeah, and uh, they they had us. They could select twenty five cars to put in that marquee that were non German. That were non whatever non bag. Mm. Uh huh. Non German, and that was kind of the the slippery slope, shall we say? And I kind of kind of set off from there. But look, it it all comes down to the same thing which we just talked about. You know, having something, doing something different. Yeah trying to recognize where we need to grow the show identify demands so like you've got your you've got your stalwart dub shed crowd that come that are very loyal supporters mm-hmm. of the show that come every year but we want their friends to come as well yeah and we want the friends of their friends to come spread the word but they're they're not stalwarts they're maybe not through and through vag guys yeah they're into their jap stuff they're into their whatever and it's not their fault no, but, but you know, not everybody can be right. Yeah, not everybody like us. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's evolved into the point now where the car scene is is so it's it's hard to describe with the cost of living, with the cost of cars of the year you're talking about. It's become more and more difficult to to have show cars like that mm. there, and it's it's yeah. reduced the car scene as such. So we've had to adapt and you know come to that really just on the thing of adapt adoption too and with the bigger site that was the first year you had like live action motorsport yeah which so i think is fantastic amanda touched on that actually when i ever talked about the 65 acre site and sort of blank canvas it is something we we felt we needed to add something more to the show to sort of fill the space yeah so at that point then we introduced auto testing yes, we had the, the first year and I auto testing championship round. Yeah, yeah, and we had something else. We had a couple of things going the on. Ur- the Urkel Beatles. Drag racing. And yeah. so the Urkel Beatles were drag racing. And that was the year, first year, I think, that Auto Finesse came over, brought their white Mark II 20 valve turbo they demo yes. car. And they, because they were pushing out of the hall. And we were going, where are they going with that? Because it was like still in the middle of the day in the show. Next thing they pushed up to the drag strip and were running that. Yeah. And I sort of remember thinking, what sponsor does that? That's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, that not all finesse, but that drag racing turned into a bit of a fiasco. Yes, so and but then again, was, you have to replace it with something else then. Yeah. So again, the next two years, 2018 and 17 think, and 18, was... Well, maybe you just need to touch on, like, I know we said we had one building that was relocated up to there, but from 2015, when we moved there, we always had a marquee. Yes. So we had the ILB marquee that then grew... The following year to the ILB marquee plus another big marquee. Yes, like a dedicated hall. Do you remember the cost yeah. of that? Yeah, I do. And we weren't paying full whack because it was erected for Balmoral, mm-hmm. but they, they just came and put it up early. Aye, and it just um, suited them. But we had no choice. We had the demand. We had the guys looking to come. Mm-hmm. So we, we needed the space. And the cost of carpets. Remember the carpet? Yeah, carpet? I know. But do you remember remember the wooden floor in the marquee? Uh, the, the, the traders used to come in on their big sprinters. <laughs> they went down through the floor. There's a boy in a Bentley. I put the Bentley through the floor. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh. So like it was far from ideal, but look, it was what it was. And we, we used it. 
Mm-hmm. And it was a springboard to go to better it, things. It was a springboard. And it was worth the wait because look, look at the Logan Hall we have today. Like that's it's, fantastic. That's brilliant. Well, that's you were saying there about the the Arkul, the drag racing turned mm-hmm. into a bit of a nightmare. Then there was rally cross. Which was actually quite a spectacle too. It was really good. And there was quite a variety of stuff out yeah. of it. There was. was and like buggies and all sorts. Yes, it was like single-seater carts right through to like rally cars mm-hmm. and things like that. Because it's such a big site, as you say. Yeah. I think then it was just a case of someone going around with a water tanker and keeping yeah. the dust down, essentially. Lucky. I think the wind was blowing the opposite direction. It was. It, was really it just lucky. worked perfectly then. Yeah. Um, so that takes us up to 2019, which was the 10th anniversary. Dubshed X. Dubshed X, indeed. Um like and that's that's when we really pushed the non-vag stuff. We did, yeah. Yes, and you'd yeah. actually gained what you just said there was the Logan Hall, which was mm-hmm. the second larger hall. What size is it? It's 140 metres long by... 40. 150 metres long by 40, 40. 40 wide. So half as long again as the main hall. Yeah, but 10 metres ten metres an hour. It's a long yes. walk. It is, I, I know. <laughs> I think I think we've got 10,400 square feet. Which is or meters, insane in 10 years from what you guys mm. came from originally. Um, that was the first year the non-Germans were let in mm-hmm. and I remember not being happy with that at the time and looking back now and going <laughs> I was so wrong but yeah it's it's definitely done wonders for the show having the two it, similar halls it, it is as simple as this we had to do it to survive oh yeah that's it because to to keep Dubshed going in just that sort of vague only fashion or ger- even German only it's, fashion it's not sustainable it's, it, it's suppressing the event yeah you know, why not? It's uh, like business is the exact same thing. You need to yeah. push yourself and grow beyond what you know. And, and I know people, people out there that's been coming to Dubshed since the start, you know, they're going to be thinking, oh, it's, a, it's just about the money and it's just about the numbers and it's just, you know, they're just this, just that, just the other. But there's so many things that motivate us to do this. Like we feel a responsibility to, to run it. Yep. For the guys that are building cars, first and foremost. The businesses that have populated, mm-hmm. you know, off the back of Dubshed and depend on Dubshed, like they're, you know, a large volume of their trade is done in the early part of the year because of Dubshed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same. You feel obligated to put it on, no matter what where the scene is going. So you need, yeah. to, you need to develop and adapt to make it live. Yeah. But, look, we have tried to retain that bit of exclusivity as well with, with in, the in dividing the two halls. Yeah. So we've got the icon, which is predominantly vague, bar the odd exception, uh-huh. and then everything else pretty much in the Logan. And like we think it, it has been a formula that has worked. Yeah, the, lo- the Logan Hall now is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely class. And like the only difference between the two halls is that you enter into one from when you buy your ticket. Beyond that, they're two yeah. pretty much identical halls. There's no difference in quality yeah. or there's, there's no main hall. There's no, no I, there I, is. inferior it's hall. It's the icon. <laughs> 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 but you're right in what you're saying. That stems back to originally was everyone wanted into the bigger shed. Uh, yeah. Everybody wanted in the hall, not the marquee. And, now, and I think some people still have that mentality of yeah. it's the second hall, it's still, the marquee. But, but we still got not. that this year. Ultimate, yeah. ultimate dog. Why can't I go in there? Ultimate uh, dubs. Sure. You hear people going to be putting in the, actually it's Mars, the club hall. Yeah. Club hall has the best lighting yeah. at Ultimate Dubs yeah. by a country mile. I'd rather be in it than the other ones with those Sorry, horrible orange lights. You're in the show no matter where you are. That's Relax. it. Relax. And talking then about trying different things too, that 2019 year was the first year we tried the live interviews. And <laughs> I, re- I, re- I remember doing you that. You enjoyed them, Lee, did you? <laughs> I remember doing that with Matt Smart too, walking around it, and I was shaking. Like, I was terrified doing it. Mm. And it's quite funny, considering what we do now and have been doing for the past two and a half years doing this. Yeah. 
I was not a public speaker. Would like I was terrified. I remember you guys. I know going, you don't really like to talk much, Connor. I no, <laughs> don't like being on the show. But I was, I was petrified. Um, you get, you actually did the guys from London. That's right. Uh, yeah, the Mark III. That was a comedy act. It was good. And you, Nigel, you had done Neil. Neil Neil was there. quite shy when I interviewed him. So That's it. He's always very shy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but these aren't from around here, are you? That <laughs> was your opening statement. Well done. Well, You're cancelled. Well, we'll not touch on that. Is it because I is black? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Those guys, they, they know the score. Great guys. They're really good, good guys. And <coughs> having those... They'd be over yeah. every year if it wasn't for the ferry. They would be, yeah. yeah. And just to touch on that too, as much as we talk about it being like a local thing, the guys that come across the water and make the effort, Scottish guys, English guys, it's amazing to see because like it is a big effort to come across. Absolutely. It's a big financial effort. It is, yeah. And well, I, was, I was talking to, uh, I guess, Adam from Greenlight and then Tommy from Maguire's. And they they couldn't believe how good a show it was. That's just, good. We'll be back. This is great. And I suppose they're seeing something that they don't get to see all the time either. Where if you're doing all the shows all the time in England, you're seeing the same stuff the way we do here. See, see the one the one key thing that all these guys say that come over for the first time, and every time, in fact, the Autofinesse guys were having the same remarks. It's the hospitality, the friendliness, that's great. the laid back atmosphere at, at the show. I know that's something we probably talk about more than we should, but. It genuinely, that's that, great that, to hear. that is what people feel when mm-hmm. they come. Like, I think it's a combination of two things. It's a reflection of us that run it and a reflection of Ireland as a whole. Yeah. Well, actually, you know. on that point, Ben Lawrence, who he, we had on, is originally English, obviously, and he talks about living here. He says it's a slower pace of life, which I don't think it is, but he obviously sees that coming from England kind of thing. And I'm mm. like, are we the backwards country bumpkins to make us out to be? Which I think we are, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it is a different mentality when you go to some of the shows over there. It's like when you're putting the car and they're nearly barking orders at you or like, don't get me wrong. I've barked at a few people myself, but generally you try and be friendly with people and greet them in. And yeah. It's good to see people. I think, I think it's probably important to mention too, you know, we've talked about Ultimate Dubs, Station 38, Westside, all these other shows. Whilst we refer to these, we as Dubshed are not trying to be these events. No. We are our own entity, we do our own thing. We have our own processes by which we select cars and our own tasting cars well. and, and judge and all that. But I think what one of the most important things I would like to get across is that we we're an inclusive event. We're not exclusive in that we only want out and out show cars. Mm-hmm. We we want to be encouraging to those that are getting into it, mm-hmm. that are doing their own builds they're working their car with their friends at the weekends and stuff like that they maybe don't have an out and out showstopper but we like to get those guys in or we an like, interesting car exactly or something different but we like to get those guys in and encourage them to say look what you're doing is brilliant now here's a guy beside you has an out and out show car compete against them here's here's you know what you can aspire to what you can aspire to you well, know, to, to be or have. Another example of that is Anthony Raw had who Lee's who owned Lee's Jetta. Yeah. Had the Mark II Passat. Passat. Uh, the B2, yeah. And I he was saying like oh, it was a bit funny about putting it inside. And mm. I was like, when was the last time you seen one of those? Yeah. It's just yeah. nice to get in and look and go something different. That's so cool. You know, and it is a clean example. Mm-hmm. But he obviously wasn't happy. It wasn't where he it's wanted not, to be. It's not a golf on air like Marty Mims. Exactly, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's no golf, you know. <laughs> Um, I think something else that makes it stand out from those other shows as well that you mentioned was the trophies. 
Mm-hmm. which I think are absolutely amazing yeah. every year and I might sound biased because it's our friend Brian who does them but like what every year the trophies are different and they're extravagant yeah. I think look we, we we have Colin Tweed to thank for that it wasn't until Colin came on board that he really got to grips with design you know he's he's an engineer works uh-huh. in CAD he does all our layouts and stuff who, who was the fellow we used before um, Balamina somebody in Balamina I remember, forget his name I remember lifting them but you know Colin really sort of up the game for us in mm-hmm. that regard, and then Brian he he got on board. On the and honestly, Brian is unbelievable. You, you, you literally you, just throw him you an idea. You say, right, we're thinking this, but you do it. You, I will actually shout you, him out now as Brian at the short shift because I will forget. Yeah. <laughs> but my, yes. my, fa- my favorite trophy was the gear getter, the metal gear. The gear, yes. yes. It's uh, really good. The shifter tower was yeah. absolutely amazing. The, the break the, discs. The break discs was they before cool. Brand's time, but I really like oh, those. Were they? they were the ones the Grand Ballymena made. They, uh, had, they, they had to be assembled. Colin drew those up. So it was like an it was like a stainless steel break disc with the mm-hmm. like with the, the wee caliper, caliber on, on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What else was there? The Dubshed, the anniversary one, the X was just like yeah. a, a giant mm-hmm. X. So I'll have to start thinking for next year's one then. <laughs> one of, one of my favorite branded as well. Getting off the topic of Dubshed was the Titanic uh, dubs. Titanic dubs, the porthole ones. The, I thought you were going to say the ship with the wee funnels. Well, also them as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been my favorite. Yeah. I think we might just stick with them because they're so good. Yeah. It's always a theme which I like, and it's it's cool. But you look at some of those other shows; it's a generic trophy. It's mm-hmm. very rare that it's anything bespoke, or it's also the fact that you guys not only the bespoke they change every year. Yeah, you know, which is pretty cool. But there, there's other show organizers now using them. Uh, DB Dailies, yeah, uh, and MLVW. They use Brown. I think they do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. I haven't been. We haven't been to Midlands for a couple of years. We've been out of the country. Yeah, seen seen Queen Setters. Hasn't been on for a couple of years. Well, also oh, true as well. Yeah, Which that's true too. Brings us up to the fiasco that was twenty twenty Dubshed. Ooh, the Dubshed that didn't happen. Yeah, but in the background it did. So I think a lot of people it, didn't. It was eighty percent done. It was definitely eighty percent done. We and done the we selection day. Yeah, yeah, we we had all the selections done. We had video promotions, all merchandise bought. We had everything in line. We'd actually travelled about Nigel and I on Mark Hill. Doing the promo Doing videos. different promo videos with a, with a series of videos all lined up. We'd actually started to go out with those. The Dubshed Prepper videos, that's what Yeah. Were. So it was and, going around uh, people that were prepping their cars and just sort of quick. Would I not write in saying you just had the deposits paid for the venue and everything? Yeah. Yeah. So deposits down the venue, um, pretty much everything in place, bar going that last final assault, you know, on social media to promote the event. So worries mentally at that point. Mentally, at the start of the at the start of March, it was look, we're just talking about COVID. It's going to happen. We'll be fine. Be, all be right. grand. Be all right. I remember going into the, the meeting with the icon ones and going, "Ah, oh, we've got hand sanitizers. We're hundred percent. We're good Aye, to go. Sure, we're it's good. in China. We're we'll be all right." <laughs> and I remember being out for my birthday a week a week before we announced the cancellation and being in Belfast, and the town was a bit quiet and it's in, it's in Italy at that stage. Yeah. And you're just going, ah, it'll be all right. It's, right. it's not here. And then within the space of a week, we had a meeting. We had a, we had a meeting that Wednesday. Wednesday night. And it was serious. Like, you thought somebody had died. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. the three of us? Just sitting there going, oh, Megan. I cannot believe this. Like, we're going to have to make the call here. And it, we actually made it quite early. You did, that's what I was going to say. And we were, at that point, afraid of a bit of a kickback. Back because we had, we had a load of tickets and stuff sold as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, which we had to refund everybody. Had to refund yeah. and, like we lost quite a lot of money and yeah. the buyer, the ticket fee like 
So, yeah. so obviously the panic too that say you make that call early and it doesn't happen as in like COVID isn't as big as what it is next thing all the other shows run on you're it, thinking exactly. do we just waste a year yeah, here kind of thing we completely waste all our resources all those all your you guys your time you know with selections and stuff like that I'd rather waste our time than your but money that's what I was thinking we're, we were literally three weeks out from the event mm-hmm. and so having like, to pull the plug having to pull the plug and it was gotten and not even sure if it's the right thing to do yeah but, you know, a week passed and then we went into lockdown. You realised the right or call. Like and it was just totally the right call. And to be fair, on social media, I remember by and large people saying it was the right call. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's good. The The funny so, thing for me was the show obviously was last weekend. It was the first that it ran in three years. Yeah. But because all the prep work was done for 2020, it didn't seem like three years. You know, mentally for me, it didn't seem like three years is a long time it mm-hmm. seemed like a while ago but it didn't seem three years ago mm-hmm. so the show run 2021 what's the opinion of it 2022 Two. 2022 20, i'm i'm a year out you are a year out. so 2022 <laughs> obviously then great great success <sighs> stress oh, oh great success surely but you know, i think rewind a wee bit to the end of 2021 we started having those discussions about it. Should we do it? Should yeah. we not? Because mm-hmm. at that time, COVID was still rife. I think it was the third lockdown were, over the winter. There was another lockdown looming after Christmas and stuff. So, you know, we decided, right, let's announce a date. See how we'll knock up a flyer. We'll do it all quite tentatively mm-hmm. and see how it goes. So we did. And we got the entry system, the online entry system opened and stuff um, in the new year. And... We, we just kind of didn't release we, the tickets. We just kind of let it run. Uh-huh. We didn't. We deliberately didn't release the tickets until the first of March. We didn't want to get caught like the last time. I suppose you're probably yeah. running into then is trying to give traders enough heads up. Yeah, you know, exactly. That. And like to be fair to the traders from twenty from our twenty twenty event that was supposed to happen, like we had all our traders paid up pretty much, uh-huh. and there's quite a number of those traders said no, just hold the money. Hold oh, real? Oh, well, that's we, good. We will definitely be at the next event, like, and there, there was quite a number of them. So they were them. backing you? So in all fairness to them, and, and, and thank you for that, um, they, they stuck by us, and they, they indeed were at the, the 2022 event. But fast forward again to Christmas 21, January 22, the thing sort of rolled on, you know, we didn't really know what was going to happen because January was practically locked down again. Mm-hmm. The Omicron variant, ooh, yeah, scary. And I, I was like, "Flip me, what are we going to do?" Like, you yeah, know, is, you is, is this going to run or is it not? And well, we're thinking, will we ever be able to hold the show again? Yeah, because because all there the seems to be a, to be a pattern in the last two years that mm. numbers go up in the winter. You'd be lucky to have a show come April. And, yeah, yeah, and because it's early in the year as well. If yeah. it was summertime, you might have got away with it. You but have had early in the year, yeah. no. Yeah, but to be honest, see, and I hate you know, that phrase, but see, from from the first of January to last weekend, it is a blur. Mm-hmm. The the time just absolutely got away on us. Like, because and don't get me wrong, we were we were up to hide over there for a few weeks because you know things had progressed so quickly uh-huh. out of what seemed like nothing was maybe going to happen uh-huh. I, th- I think I sleepwalked into the, few, the last few yeah. weeks before the show so it was a wee bit different to well the prep know, work for that show normally starts what November November time yeah and it yeah. caught up with us in two weeks before yeah. That's and losing that two months can make such a big difference yeah plus the expansion in the show as well because like it's safe to say that the show was a lot larger than it has ever been look it has been it has been our biggest and most successful show yet you know which is fantastic I, there's still room for improvement but you know by and large it, it has gone down a storm it's been very 
little negative feedback from what I can see or hear about what I want to see or hear. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, I've been watching, um, don't worry. Yeah, uh, but, you know, we, we actually had an added pressure this year as well, which I don't know if I've talked to you about, but we had Monster Energy approach us uh, to run what's called the Stages. Yes. So it's basically a mixed discipline event uh, to run alongside Dubshed on the site um, where, you know, we've got a mixture of sort of rally cross, drift, time attack, that sort of thing, um, to do a time course, obstacles, blah, blah, blah. But they approached us six weeks before the event saying, we want to run this. Yeah, this major event, and we want to run it. It was a killer mm-hmm. because then we had to go and start and look for drivers, people to take part, communicating to these drivers what it is. Uh-huh. You know, it yeah, was just. I, I believe it, this is a big thing on the mainland, but over yeah, here, it's, it was just. It was a huge pressure. Like and one what, of the problems was there was a drift event a week before. Yeah, there was BDC was on like I think three weeks ago, and mm-hmm. nobody would make a commitment until they and had you, seen what yeah. carnage was going to ensue from that. So look, it, it was a it was a big out of pressure to what was already mm-hmm. you know building for sort of main the main show, but. Look, we got there in the end. The guys that we work with uh, on the logistics side of that for the event, like they are absolutely fantastic. Um, he and his team were able to accommodate the whole thing. Well, not just accommodate the whole thing, but they can come. They know exactly what they want. So we, we had it in place before they arrived. Mm-hmm. They arrived on site. They knew exactly where to put everything, what to do. They didn't bother us. They didn't. They weren't on the phone every five minutes saying I need this, I need that. So. It, it, it actually worked, pressure off it, you then? It, it worked really well in the end, but you know it was it was big pressure to that point. And it's a big I remember getting the email going, "Are you serious?" Like, it was just <laughs> it was ridiculous. And six weeks beforehand, six weeks before the show. Uh, just, but as we talked but, about with the motorsport side of things, it's something when people come to the show, it's great uh, you can walk around and go, "Oh, what's happening over here?" Yeah, see, but it creates a bit of noise as well. And oh yeah, you know, a bit of noise at something like that's always. A bit of atmosphere. Aye, yeah. I always find that if you're going to go to a show and you're going to pay oh. into a show, you have to put on a variety of things to keep the people that could walk into the hall, go out, go to another hall, oh, yeah. go to here and watch this and come back in, that they're not just in and out an hour, that mm-hmm. they're there for two to three hours. And you can spend your time. they thought to themselves, that was good value. Yeah, that's well, exactly it. I have <laughs> always said, though, see anyone who says, oh, I walked around, and I don't care what the show is, if you say, oh, I walked around everything, seen everything in an hour, you're a liar because... You weren't looking. You weren't looking. There's <laughs> and, cars and, and that that's, was there. That, that's the danger of having an only vague show. If you put on something like that, you'll have a reduced number of cars, yeah. and people will come, and they'll just go, why did I pay that money just for an yeah. hour? Jamie, yeah. Jamie Hill's Mini, I could have spent half an hour walking around on my own just looking at details in it, you know. You imagine, like, not every car is going to be to that level, but there's a lot of cars at that level that you could spend. So you could spend six hours looking at those kind of cars you know, on their own. Do you know what? I, I, I think I barely get looking at one car. Like, no. of all those cars we had last weekend, I, I can honestly say I don't think I have looked around one the, the only properly. The, the only way we got to look around was the judging on the Saturday night. That's but what I like about doing the that was a bit But even that, no, you, you were doing all our stuff. I was doing all our stuff, picking tape off the floor. These guys <laughs> here, we let that, yeah. let these guys and the rest of the team do it. And you know, you don't need us involved at, <laughs> at that stage. Like yeah. it's, 
and you, you did a good job of it. Yeah, that's I really enjoyed the Saturday Night Judging, uh-huh. and I think it's something that we added was a very smart move. You know, yeah, that it allows you the owner's not there pushing something down your throat or in your way or talking to you for half an hour about the car. Yeah, leave the car to be judged the exact same way as everyone yeah. else's. It's on display and it's a perfect recipe. It's the only way you can get peace. It is. There's yeah. just there's just too many crowds to be going around cars and. What I would love, though, see if people put a spec list on their car, Mm -hmm. which used to be a very old school thing to do, but an F4 page... I get mocked for having that in my edition 30 by Matt, by the way. Matt who? McCammon? McCammon. (laughs) I had it in a a window. What show was that? He says, oh, old boy Nigel with a spec list. (laughs) I I love a good spec list. When we went to Lego Curry show last year, they handed you a piece of paper on the way in to write about Respect. your car and yeah. like encourage you to put it in the window yeah, and I was yeah. like this is so cool <laughs> I'm just sitting thinking like we run as a two day show now like the initial years it we were getting the cars day. in in a single day then we progressed it was like setup day we called it remember it was just it was called setup day the yeah. Saturday so you started to get cars in the Saturday and then we sort of opened it up a wee bit on the Saturday evening for an hour or two or afternoon I think it was yeah, yeah. two o'clock and then and it now just went to, it's into the Friday. Yeah. Well, over the Friday parking's fantastic. Hey, that, that took some pressure off this year too. It definitely did. Set up like on a Saturday. But know? again, that's... All them traders coming in setting up, like they take up a quite a bit of room. So yeah. having, I would say probably 70% of the traders were set up on the Friday evening. Uh-huh. What, what did you think of the layout this year? I really liked it. Uh, what I did notice was that the trade stands were kept around the outside edges rather delivered. than the center and it mm-hmm. keeps you when you walk in you can see an open yeah. span of cars and yeah. we actually said that mm-hmm. it's and it's a thing that I have said about other shows it feels more like a trade stand show it's not as divisive yes it yeah. keeps you it's about the cars kind of thing but at the same time there's still access to all the trade stands well, and Colin, Colin designed the layout yeah. as usual um, and he, he he says, I want to make it more about the cars. Yeah, and, the thing. and yeah. it was. And even the layout of the cars, it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what something... Like, people come in to park their car and they go, oh, can I park here? Can I park here? And it's something that... Like, it's a legitimate question, but they don't understand is we have a plan for where cars need to be to make that work because you only have a limited number of spaces. What about the week before the show? Any indoor spots left? Oh. <laughs> and that, 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 that haunt my dreams. Yeah. I, I think it was Drift Games when they shared it. All the Japanese all the guys, Jap guys were messaging flat out. Because I think I had said at one and point. Here, in fairness to them, when they did say any door, indoor spots, it was 10 photos and a full spec list. Oh, yeah. It's it's hard to do it. I, at one point, I think I said to the IS200 Donors Club, get their phones back this week. <laughs> it was just <laughs> Alteza, IS200. I was like, where are all these cars coming from? But no, the, the show was fantastic. Like, and Lee and I were walking around, and this isn't blowing smoke up you guys' asses, but I actually said to her, "Is like when you think back to what Dubshed started was like, we're a small part of it. You guys do the financial risks, you know, all that side of it. Walking around, going, it's impressive what it has come from and for what it is. And I'm sure you guys didn't envision it being two huge halls on a different site from where it originally. We, we don't, and we like, we still don't think like." But it's like everything you don't. It's just dumb shit. Dumb. It's like, I, I, I I'm the same. We'll just take it for granted. We're in it. But there's points in the day when you walk around, you go. Oh, it's when somebody else smokes. comes. Like my mum came the, in 2019 mm-hmm. and my granny. And then this year there was a few guys from work and stuff. And there you can see their eyes are like saucers. They're looking around going, this is yeah. incredible. And we're like, yeah, it's just dumb shit. <laughs> it's just dumb shit, I don't know. It's like a circus. <laughs> I, I think what's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what really, really brought it home to me this year? 
I, I stepped out the door at five past twelve on the Saturday queue. and the queue was queued to the corner. It was scary. a quarter mile queue. And I was like, oh my days, we've actually done this. Yeah. You know, that, that's been down to us and our team. Like, we've created something that yeah. all these people want to come to. And then on the Sunday, it was like I was kept hearing reports of the traffic being queued to Hillsborough and queued to Warmflow. <laughs> and I was like, what, Literally what miles is going down the on? Road. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's just crazy. It's like, great to see them. It's a sense of pride putting on the it, show. It, it's a real, it is a real sense of pride. You know, I, I did see a comment on, I think it was one of the John 44 Facebook pages, something about, oh, the judges get the boot. And I remember laughing, thinking to myself, the judges are the guys that are running the show, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good comment like that. Oh, sure. I think I've learned to just sort of switch off from every it. comment with a pinch yeah. of salt and just go, I'll, I'll come to your show when you set it up, Aye. see how you get on. I think it, it it's hard sometimes. Like I've I've learned to rise above a lot of the negativity, but <laughs> you do see a lot of it. There is trigger points. It, it, there's sometimes, like, see after the event, whenever you're worn out and you're you're you've just had enough, and you see somebody saying something negative or something derogatory, it's like you want to go and find that person. You want to go and hunt them down, <laughs> and you want to you want to go and show them the effort that you've put in. Yeah. That's because, not where I would have went with that. <laughs> well, I'm being kind, like. You know, I yeah, I think people miss a lot of that. Like, um, you know, I just think that like we put we put a lot of emotion into this. Like, we give quite a lot of our lives to it. Yeah, and to get sort of knocked at times that it's only we're only in it for commercial reasons and stuff like that it is not the case. Like, well, it's like I say to Nigel, a thousand people will tell you how much fun they had at that show and how great the show was mm -hmm. one person will say one like negative throwaway comment and that's the one you'll think about you always focus that's on it so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to do it but you always yeah. do but i had an absolute ball this year i'd say it's for us anyway was probably the least stressful dub shed we've had yeah i, I, I was smiling on the Saturday. i wasn't too bad there's a, just as i think we we're talking about earlier on there's just a few wee niggly things i always find the week before tough mm. in the run-up to it yeah the days of the show there's always going to be niggly issues and, you know, you, you deal with it, but it's the stress the week before always gets But that's there. why when we try and, on the meetings, try and organise who's doing what and things like that, we leave you two and Colin free to firefight, things like that. So if something mm -hmm. comes up, you just deal with it. And if not, because there's no point in you standing, parking cars and I having to run away. I think without a shadow of doubt, one of the single most annoying things is people want to leave around two o'clock. Yeah. 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 There's the no rightly the can't. It's leave. like an episode of ER. The amount of family emergencies that crop up is oh, just incredible. Stay, well, there there is a proposition for your listeners. Come up with a strategy that we can implement to make people aware of the not allowed to move policy, policy that we have on site. You should tattoo it on their forehead. Like I don't know what we can do. Like uh, it's the same every year. Like it's, it's just an, it's an insurance thing more than anything. The don't, worst of it is those fake family emergencies. You know, those people cry on wolf. Somebody that genuinely, possibly has something happen. And oh, yeah. I mean, we and still can't let them out. And, but and, and there were some this year. Yeah. Like, there were genuine cases this year. And I, I remember actually, they, they, they quite often end up in my lap or your lap. These mm. problems of getting people out and stuff. And uh, I remember sort of being quite standoffish with the person to I do. I to just roll my with. eyes. Like, yeah. you know, nearly being dismissive. And then, you know. Oh, this have, is real. You have to be diplomatic and listen to them and say what the, it was actually a genuine legit case like. And 
I'm sorry for. <laughs> I think the best one this year was uh, my washing machine emergency. Did you hear about that one? No, but I did hear that someone's dog rang them to tell them it was sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot mm. of that. But that, they're only minor things. The yeah, great yeah, are good and all they that. They are. It is. They're not actually that. Yes, they are a major deal and they're really, really annoying to so don't do it. It's, especially, especially can, it's a small part of the after a week, it. A, week, yeah. a week being on site, you're absolutely exhausted and somebody comes up with something ridiculous and you just go, oh, clear off. You know, yeah. you're just... Yeah. And something else as well, and I'm going to blow smoke up mainly's ass for this one, for a run that is, and it's a big lack in shows, is the way you guys do the prize giving and mm. having the screen behind for the, so important. the shows. The screen this well, year. Since the quality of the screen. Aye. I loved it. It's really yeah. good. I, it was so good. Because like, big shout to Blazing Digital. Yeah, yep. big Mike Go the on, DJ lads. for all your LED sign needs. <laughs> DJ Mickey. Well, that's, he uh, loved DJing. Oh man, I but, enjoyed that because I, when you guys are all up on the stage, I'm the little elf in behind the stage yes. pressing <laughs> the button to make the pictures appear. So the, the for, a num- for a number of years, from the second year, we have tried to do a presentation of awards with the cars on screen. Uh, the first year started out with a projector and a white sheet on a wall. That's mm-hmm. right. It was the middle of the hall. Which didn't work and didn't <laughs> work from there until about 2018 when Lee decided she was going to take responsibility and take it on. And it has worked ever since Lee Perfect. took it over. So it's my baby. But kudos to you, Lee. But I love it because it's to solve the age-old problem of not everybody who's at the show knows who everybody is. Yeah. Especially, I mean, to be fair, at the prize given, a lot of it is the car people. It's not as much the general public, but there are some general public who come and watch the prizes and stuff. And if we're calling out, oh, Gethin's Mark Three. No, nobody knows no who that yeah, is yeah, yeah. and especially like the prize given this year was 35 minutes like that's was a lo- it? 30 i timed, timed it. it 35 minutes so Jeez. that's a lot that's a long time for people to stand not knowing what's going on and yeah. clapping mm. so if you can give them and lee said like as soon as she hit the i button, think it when was, you announced what it was Catherine, when she hit the button to go to the next slide you could hear like a cheer the cheer and clap went up when i hit the button i is. knew yeah you know you could almost people hear people went, going oh it's that one yes so it was yes. class. <laughs> it's wee things like that that you guys have implemented throughout the show. And as you say, continual changes, which makes a show. Tweaks. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be anything big or small in particular, but just makes things right. Because mm-hmm. actually, when I was researching this, the original RMS thread for the first show, I think it was maybe Boydie was complaining, saying didn't know who won what at the prize game. I think he complained about my speaking too. Probably. Nim nim. Nim 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 Look at me, Boydie. I've got my own podcast now. I've made it. We'll wrap it up there then for the Dubshit talk. Social media wise for Dubshit, if anybody doesn't follow it, where can the guys find us? At Dubshed or at GTINI, both on Facebook and Instagram. So it's pretty simple then. Yeah. Uh, it's at GTINI underscore, isn't it? And then we have a website, gti.com, uh, dubshed.com as well. Kevin, thanks very much for coming on to talk to us about it. And yep. Nigel too, but he was going to My be pleasure here anyway. to see you, Kevin. I don't see enough of you these days. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is usually the point where we don't see each other for weeks. Yeah, it is. We don't want to <laughs> see each other. There's a text message. The summer show, eh? Yeah, <laughs> that dawdle of a show. Uh, <laughs> so again, if anybody wants to see or follow you personally, do you want to tell us what your Instagram is? Yeah, it's Gethin underscore GTINI. Very simple again. I like it. And thanks very much for joining yep. us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's Cheers. been fun. It's been good fun. Yeah, it is indeed. We'll That's get you good. back on and talk about your cars at some point. Aye, uh, hey, sure. Anytime. There we go. No worries. Thanks, guys. 
so Gethin has had to step out, so we'll uh, move on to our normal listener questions. So this week we had asked about uh, comments and questions about Dubshed, your favourite cars, um, favourite things about the show if you were there this year. So, Connor, do you want to read them out for us? Yes. Um, the first one we'll start off is murray.d91. I'm just sick I didn't get to go. It looked unbelievable. And the crying emoji. It was pretty good. It, w- it was pretty good. Pretty yeah. decent show, yeah. Uh, we do say so ourselves, <laughs> you know. Uh, Mason Air had a great, I had a fantastic weekend, guys. I'm attempt to attempt for Dale Farm sponsorship failed. LOL. I don't know, but for a plenty, uh, he Sounds has. Sounds like an inside joke. He has yep. the wee blue or the red six N two. That's right. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous car. I love the color of it. Um, Cam underscore seventeen twelve. People touching and rubbing people's cars indoor dub shed. Unfortunately, it's the nature of the base, isn't it? Yeah. I used to find that a lot, and Lee, you were the same. When you had satin paint, people just want to touch it. I don't get what it is about satin paint. It feels the same as other paint. (laughs) It just doesn't look as shiny, (laughs) and people have to run their hands over it. We do have signs around the place, but... It's just part and parcel, unfortunately. Uh, It's the same at every show. It's always going to be. Shorty, 1919. Great to be back. Sorry, great to have it back. So many complained about being outside, but put minimal effort in. Amen. Amen, man. Amen, man. Yeah. Well, you know where I'm going with that. Andy underscore Mo having my work truck invited into Hall 2 from outside. That's a North Down man. I didn't was that re- the wee Mazda? Yes. That was class. Uh, what's it called? A B4, B2000, B4000 or something? 2200, I think. Is, is it? BI. Or maybe if a different engine size, it might be slightly different. It, uh, it runs around, I see it in Cumberland at Nords the old time. It's well, just such a cool pickup. I know Andy's one of our listeners. Yeah. I didn't actually know. I parked him up. I didn't realise that was him. Yeah. Should have said something. Jack underscore slow up. Some say they're still airing the smell of fart out of that office. Yeah. Oh I would say the cleaner God. had to create the light clean. Ripe. Imagine putting at us all into an office with no windows. I walked in at one point and went, lads, what the f- fuck is going on in here like it's it smelled like a sewer it was so bad i think ray murray might have had something to do with that i uh, contributed himself to be fair um s14 ocp great show good turnout of polos bad turnout of caddy pickups right enough right. normally you get a few caddies mm. very very few this well, year simon's nobody to blame on yeah. himself get it sorted simon uh arn noodle Hegarty. Love that shot of MJ's Beetle. I think that was Renis's photo you used no, for that. No, it wasn't. No? Because I had to confirm until uh, I posted, I put a picture up last night, I think, of it. It's actually an, an independent fella. Or not oh. an independent, but you know what I'm trying to say. jpg.paul.photography. Cracker photo. Some really I was looking through his catalogue. He's a fantastic photographer. So he's Shout out to him. him. Yep. Uh, the show was epic, by the way. Well done to all involved. Thank you very Thanks, much. Aaron. Cheers. Uh, S underscore Doug Shane Dugan I've never seen so many polos at a show before will Connor ever return to the polo it's there <laughs> all the parts are there I just need the time John 8 underscore Bill 6 finally meeting my heroes Connor and Lee he's shorter than I envisioned well he was taller than I envisioned no, in that text did he spell your names right Conroe and Lee spelled wrong <laughs> uh my name is hard to spell, in fairness. It is three whole letters. It is. <laughs> it's complicated. But you do have a boy's name, so that's why. Um, Soul of the Road. Tried to drive my car there and sank zero out of ten. Yeah. Wouldn't go well. But sir, was your thing, uh, <laughs> the Kia Soul that sank on the boat? <laughs> yes, you don't want that. Uh, James Doherty, 95. Kraken, 
I got COVID that day before. Car still made it though. His car looked really well. Oh, so it's good. It's the wide body S4. So good. Actually, Fogel had commented there saying his favorite car from it was uh, Graham's 6M Polo or that car as well, the S4. Just while we're on the topic, you want to fire out your favorite cars then? Oh, from the show. Ooh, that's F- difficult. F3. F3. I, yeah, I don't have a single one. Like, I There's have no few. way I could put down a single one. Go for you, Nigel. Uh, Dark Holman's Porsche. Uh, James Doherty's Wide Body yes. S4 and uh, Dave from Drift Games PS13 that's that's a strong selection well considering we were on the judging team and found it very difficult to make the decision of it that's uh, even now down to three is difficult I would have Jamie Hill's Mini was definitely on it uh, John Peden's Mark II Escort strong very strong I'm going to have to put a Volkswagen in here to see if Mark face. 5 Golf that one car of the show. Surprisingly, yes. Not my not how I would have done it, but the detail in that car was absolutely insane. Yeah. Like, you, you look at the photo and it goes the same when you put out who actually won. People go, how did that win or yeah. what was that? Until you see the that car in person. The detail is just unbelievable. Yeah, Handled. like the Recaro like, stamped into the back of the seat. Some, yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, as you all know, Mark 5s are not my thing. But hats off to that one, like. But I tell you what, strongly fought competition because it was no easy pick between the two. It came down yeah. to small, small details. What other? Yeah, probably would be that Mark V, but there was a lot of really nice stuff. I'm trying to think. There were so many. That white body 911, like, not my thing at all. But the slant nose front on it was Iron Blacks, so nice. Uh, Cayman. Cayman. Yep. Oh. Ryan Connolly's 911. The... The one I love, the S8, the green one. He's got new wings. Well, the older, the D2 one, yeah. Oh, my well, God. That is. that is. It's such a cool Like, I've car. always loved that car, but now on those wheels and stuff, seeing it, it's just a big fucking land yacht just, just sitting wagon. in the middle of the it hall. Is, yeah. The colour and... Oh. Is it an A8 or an S8? I have a funny feeling it's an S, isn't it? I think it? it's an S8, yeah. yeah. Could possibly be. I couldn't confirm now. It's cool. There's so much. That S4, as you say, that black one. Uh, the white body. Mm, and I'm going to pick a third one. Give me a minute. You guys talk. We'll talk. Do you want to move on? You can come back. I'll co- yes, come back. That'll do. Glennon 1275. What's the... Oh, this would have been one for Gethin as well. This goes to you, Nigel. The pressure's on. Oh, What's the worst thing about organising Dubshed? So it's a combination of things. Would it be just a generalisation of stress? I was just going to say stress. <laughs> it, do- it does build a lot of stress and anxiety. I can't lie. I it's bound to. It's... it's it's a, yeah. you know, it's a, a it's a thing a that you focus on one weekend. Yeah, it's a thing that you want to be done and done right, and just yeah, stress. Uh, Jacobs dot supercars never been clearly a man of poor taste. Get there, uh, Marty Mim. A few stiff beverages would have been needed after the weekend. Congrats to everyone. I think getting to our beds on Sunday night was our priority because we're was. completely exhausted. And the the annual feed, yeah. you like a good feed afterwards. Yes. Jack Anderson, 938. Credit to everyone for the hard work and effort. Great weekend, everyone. Well, I'll start the again. Credit to everyone for the hard work and effort. Great weekend. Definitely the best one yet. That's A lot of people have said the same thing. Thanks very much. Appreciate the feedback like that. Yep. Jack had his Mark IV at it. Yep. The 4 motion. Really Class. nice car, I think. Robin Studio 10, I think, detailed it. We, we did prior to it. Yeah. Um, I've picked it. Go for it. The silver Mark III that was down the front of the stage with the Vento front. That was a nice car. Ooh, <laughs> that was pretty Seriously lush. clean car. Um, Jack Anderson again. Too many favourites. Coleman's Porsche. Red Mark One Golf beside it. And Ross Delaney's E30. 
that's a yeah, that's a strong lineup. Yeah. That red Mark One is something that could be overlooked. The twenty valve turbo with the new interior. Um, Stunning car. Absolutely amazing. I want to throw in a vote as well for some jab scrap, I'm afraid. That R thirty two, the grey one. Oh yes. So simple, so good. Yeah. And R thirty fours would traditionally be my pick, but that one is pretty special. It's nice. Mm-hmm. It's I remember looking around that car going, this is all the right bits. Um Zach.057. Have you ever considered changing the name since including other brands? It has been talked about, but um I think people understand now what the show is more about. We have evolved, but changing the name I don't think is the solution. Rebranding anything's quite difficult. Yeah. I can't see it in the short term though. No. no, I couldn't see it either. Can I at, mention at, another couple of cars? At the core at the core of it, we still have our shed of dubs as such. Yeah. So yeah. Still add exclusivity to them. Yeah. The two I'm gonna mess this up. GT eighty sixes on the NI JDM Legends stand. JDM Legends stand that had all the liveries on them, the Castrol one and the HKS. I was actually at Blackwater the Monday before the show. When they were been done. And Pete Matthews, who now works in there, was uh, wrapping the uh, Castrol one. Uh-huh. And they have a brilliant new facility at Blackwater, so there's a glass uh, window into the office. Oh, so you can see so it. So as I walked in, Pete just turned around and gave me the finger because he was busy <laughs> blaming me. I'm doing this because of your freaking show. <laughs> <laughs> but just as a pair of cars sitting beside each other, like the impact, they were they yeah. were really cool. Yeah, the, the two old school liveries on the modern cars yeah. is quite cool. Very nice. And I suppose then just to finish up, uh, Lee G. Farrell, uh, Enda and Connor's <laughs> face when they realised Sunday morning they were chatting to you at the hotel the night before. <laughs> Shout out to those guys because oh, they the, were the drunkest men in Lisbon. Yes, toot toot, all the, aboard the steamboats. Yes, <laughs> those guys were in some shape. And then I remember talking to Enda, and I said to him, "I was like, well, do you recover from last night?" And he was like, "Was huh? I talking to you?" Yes, like <laughs> for half an hour. Yeah, talking wouldn't be the proper way to describe Them that. Boys though. were well sauced. Yeah, and that was what about eleven o'clock at night? Yeah, it was very early. It was quite good. So they had a good weekend, I would say. They, I think they surmised from the weekend that Lisburn isn't the place to go out drinking. No, it's definitely not. No. That's us, folks. Yes, just before I wrap up things, just thank you to everybody that came to Dubshed, and I think everybody enjoyed it. Um, your support means everything. It and, does. Uh, yeah, cheers, guys. And thanks to Gatham for joining us, even if he isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thanks again, everybody, for sending in your comments and questions. Thanks for listening, as always. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do. We can be found at Reload Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to support the podcast, um, please don't feel obliged. But if you want to throw us a couple of quid, you can. If you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash reload pod. And individually, I'm at Maxwell House 46 on Instagram. I'm at VDubboy. And I'm at Connor McCann. We'll see you again very soon. Cheers. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye.